Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Best Care Anywhere podcast. I am the new sheriff in town, Anthony, and with me is the new school marm, and you can't piss him off today because he got vintage car parts at 75% off, Ethan Wilson. That's right, folks, and listen up. I got a switch, and I'm ready to school marm the fuck out of school, you. The school marm has a real bassy voice on. At least yeah, we, have to wait, right. we didn't have to wait long to put the explicit tag on this one. No, Ethan came right out with it. This um, school ain't big enough for the marm of us. Oh, no. And uh, our guests are so... Uh, I, I'm just going to say our favorite guests so far. Sorry, Tyler and Greg. Uh, wow. Up, up <laughs> close, he's a guy. Far away, too. It is Mike Jameson. Hey, well, some people would probably disagree with that, but... Eh. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, how are uh, you? You know what? I would be honored to say that uh, I'm your favorite guest, but to anybody who follows me, it's really not a high, high bar to live up to, so don't worry. <laughs> All our guests are our favorite for that episode only. <laughs> it's a constantly, it's a constantly moving spectrum, and you got to stay on it. Uh, we kept our pre-show banter down because, uh, despite what you and Chief Smash and others are saying on Twitter, this will not be another four-hour episode. Please, God, no. We It'll are not going to turn hour a episode. We are not turning a half-hour TV show into a four-hour episode of podcast. Oh my God! No. That next day, that next day at work was raw. I, I felt <laughs> so. Audience, I, I think I said this on the next episode, but just in case I didn't, as we're wrapping up, we finish the actual end of the episode and we're we're saying our goodbyes. Ethan hops off, and the mic goes, "Yeah, I got to be up for work in two hours." And then he gets off the call, and I'm like, "I am so sorry." Grown, <laughs> but it was and- good. It was so good. Uh, yeah, we, we knew we were going to have you on for Deal Me Out, but the the MASH movie show was kind of a shoot from the hip. We wanted to do it. Uh, it just felt like the right time to do it before we got too far into season twos. And you had wow. mentioned you had mentioned it would have been very enjoyable to see how a bunch of millennials reacted to the movie. So why not? We had you on. I will say to tie it into this episode uh, that recording uh, the MASH movie podcast, it was uh, kind of. It's very much like this episode. It was just a bunch of people hanging out, having a good time. So I really mm-hmm. didn't care about getting two hours of sleep. My work isn't important. Hey, hey you, you don't, you don't, you don't operate heavy machinery or you know anything like that, right? You're, you know, not that you know of. No. Oh, yeah. okay. not that I know of. Okay. okay. Wait until he whips out the forklift license and doesn't have any. Excuse me while I whip this out. Oh no! Wait! Oh God! Is this and camera this still is, on? This this is why I put the explicit tag on every single episode because you just never know. So, like, should I should I try and censor myself because I can behave like no? Would be... Look, so here's the thing. I, I do have virgin just... ears. Si- sidebar. Sidebar. Not for sidebar. Long. <laughs> Number one, I'm a big believer of I'm just gonna be me. It's it's too hard to try to censor. Like it's like that scene from the B- Blues Brothers in the nun's office. Ah, Christ, Jake, whack! It's like just <laughs> that's one of my biggest pet peeves. Is if you don't like the language someone is using, don't don't watch. That's it, go fuck yourself. you know. Or yeah, go. I mean, I won't. I don't want to be like that, but but like even to the point where like because of how like social media works, you'll see people censoring the dumbest things. Like I, I was listening to a true crime podcast the other day, and one of the hosts said. Uh, the, it wasn't even a, uh, it was like a conspiracy theory podcast. And he's like, uh, the, the, the person unalived themselves committed suicide. Just say committed suicide. Yeah, just, we it's, can, uh, just we say can all handle it. <laughs> yeah. It, 
Yeah, it's... Oh, God. Uh, we, we should stop now before this gets yeah. into a much larger ah! conversation. So much. <laughs> yes. Anyway. So By the way, Happy uh, New Year to both of you. Hap- yes, Happy New Year. I hope your good holidays were good. old acquaintance be forgot. You did that joke already. brought to but It's not a joke. I love it. You did that son. joke. You did that joke. I... I keep forgetting there's a video I have to send you, but that's a whole other thing. Why um, do you think that I do jokes for your benefit? I am selfish as they come. Oh, Lord. <laughs> so, I did want to follow up on a couple things from Christmas. Uh, the MASH cookbook. I got it for Christmas. Uh, this is um, Private Igor's Secrets of the MASH Mess from Jeff Maxwell. If you are even remotely a fan of MASH to the degree that... Uh, uh, Mike and I, and I hope Ethan is becoming, uh, get the cookbook, get the cookbook, get the 50th anniversary edition. It falls into this very specific category of things I like to have. Uh, the example I'll give is I have a, a poster that I framed that I put up in my kitchen, uh, in whatever house I'm living in. And it's, uh, it looks like an old, like olive oil bottle label, but it's, uh, Janko Pura olive oil, yes. Corleone Sicily. That's what you were gonna say. Yeah, <laughs> and it's one of those. If you don't know what it is, it's just a cool kitchen decoration. But if you do get it, it's uh-huh. that extra layer of cool. The go. mash cookbook fits into that. It's. I was talking with my mom, who has cookbooks, like so many cookbooks, and I, she she and I were talking. It's it's a very basic cookbook with very basic recipes, like ham and bean soup, or you know pot roast but it's got like that mash flair added to it creamed plus corn. yeah creamed corn <laughs> i i ironically kind of want to try the cream of weenie soup because i looked at it and the based on the ingredients it sounds delightful <laughs> but, no get 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 jeff maxwell's cookbook it's a lot of fun there's a so lot what of cool you're pictures saying is my stories. wife should have got me the cookbook instead of this the shirt that i'm currently wearing you know that's not what i said but the the shirt the shirt is definitely up there, but definitely maybe tag it on your uh, birthday list, maybe. But no, uh, highly recommend. I already I took uh, post-it notes and flagged some recipes I want to try. <laughs> some of them do look just nightmarishly bad, but I think that's part of it. But um, I thought of a question for you, Mike, and uh-huh. Ethan. Yo. But it's a question that I thought of, of course, the next day after we talked about the MASH movie. And I figured since we were going to have you on so soon-ish afterward that I would just save it. Um, we watched the MASH movie. We talked about its highs, its lows, its cinematic achievement, uh, its connection to and differences from the, how the TV show eventually worked out. Would, if there are any MASH fans out there, to any degree, newer MASH fans, longtime MASH fans, uh, thumbs up or thumbs down, should they watch the movie? Meaning before they watch the show? Or, yeah, just, not, if they, or if they've not, just never seen it? If you've never seen the MASH movie, but you're a fan of the TV show, should should I, a fan who loves the TV show but hasn't seen the movie, go watch the movie? Will it ruin the TV show for me? Will it make me feel... What do you what what are your thoughts? Because I I know my answer, but I was curious. I I I would say yes, just because I think it's I as we discussed, I think it's interesting just seeing where it came from, um, how it evolved from the movie, what they took from the movie, what they left out. 
And I just find it interesting to see how the characters that are portrayed in the movie and then how they're portrayed in the TV show. So I would say yes. I, you know, I would think if you're a fan of the TV show, you would naturally be curious as to where the inspiration came from. So I would say yes. Can I can okay. I be totally honest, uh, to- totally transparent? <laughs> I would yes. say yes. But honestly, just the two thir- first two thirds of it. Don't don't bother <laughs> with seriously. I I'm sorry. I I did not care for the football arc. I just didn't. And uh, I, oh yeah. I you know may, if you guys like that, God, more power no, to you. No, you're not alone. <laughs> Personally. Anyway. Yeah, I was gonna say the same thing. It's I was a little scared, kind of like a "Don't meet your heroes" kind of thing. Like, don't don't hmm. don't see the original piece of media. Don't. It's not going to be the same, but I was genuinely surprised how charming isn't the right word, but how similar and how, like, I could see where they pulled from, especially for these first uh, three seasons that we're going to be, have or will be going through. And you saying that, it's again, if you're more of a fan and you, or you know the later seasons more, I think it's even more interesting to watch because I think it's such a tonal shift in those later seasons that, you know, why wouldn't you want to see? see it and just kind of compare it to what the show became so yeah i would definitely tell somebody who had never seen it just i mean it's just out of curiosity just to watch it and just because it's a good movie i mean again i mean if you're interested in late 60s early 70s filmmaking and that whole you know easy riders raging bulls stuff that we talked about i think it i think it's something uh that they should check out so we're we're not gonna i'm not gonna uh pretend that we didn't already talk about this before we started recording but we are gonna we got gonna fake it a little bit and uh rehab this discussion uh we talked about the mash uh tv special mash the comedy that changed television um i watched the first half of it because that's how much i could watch for free on fox before i had to pay money and i haven't had time to get back to it because i moved offices i got Side note, I got a promotion. Yay, woo. But that means I lost my Yay, I lost my private office and now I'm in the main building of the shop in this little cubicle corner, which is lovely because I can still have business internet and do the things I need to do uh for work, but it also means that I have no desk. I don't have a drawer for my desk Jameson anymore and it's uncouth for the customers to see a half drunk bottle of Jameson on the desk. So uh, I thought you meant me. I, I thought you meant no. I thought you meant me. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I'm, I have a I'm, tiny tiny figurine of you off to the side here. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> but I'm like 90% sure that a customer walked in on your father pouring me a shot of Bob Dylan's uh knocking off. Yeah, yeah, that happened whiskey. too. Um that happened too. But yeah, talk about, about, about it. What is that but, mean, by the way? <laughs> exactly. Not um not Kuth. <laughs> oh, silly me, of course. Um, so yeah, the MASH TV special, I watched half of it. Mike, did you end up watching all of it? I watched all of it. Yes, I did. Okay. And Ethan has not had the chance to watch it yet. We decided, for those who have seen it, there is a very obvious spot Ethan could stop and not have anything spoiled. So I recommended he watch the first half. My virgin eyes. My virgin eyes. Um, yeah, uh, Ethan's going to watch the first half. Mike, since you've seen the whole thing, you want to give kind of a a quick re- uh, syn- not synopsis, but kind of a recommendation? Yay, nay, like it, not like it? Was it? I will give it a uh, I will give it uh, a yay, but I will also say that 
for obsessive mass fans such as myself, such as you, Anthony, it might you might watch it and you might feel that it's kind of inessential. It's going over a lot of the same things. There's you're going to see interviews that you've seen before. There are a few new interviews. Uh, I always just I always find it fun to watch these retrospectives, but I didn't come away from it and with any new kind of uh, insight into the show or anything like that. There were there were a few uh, instances where I wish they would have delved more into. And I'm trying to not that they're spoilers, but I wish they would have delved more into certain aspects of the show, certain aspects of the development of the show. But it's still worth it to watch as a fan of the show. But it's not something if you want to wait a little while and check it out when you have a chance, you're not you're not missing out. You're not going to feel like you missed out on anything. Yeah, and and we said it when we were talking earlier. It's not like this this show is going to reveal never before heard drama or. <laughs> a scene that was filmed but not allowed to air like there wasn't like this mystery going into it it was just a a a a retrospective on the show which they've done before but what the last one i think was uh i saw it today because uh 2003 i believe yeah 2003 so it's 20 years further on we've lost some cast members the cast members that are still alive probably have I don't want to say have had more time to think about. It. I mean, they had a th- they had thirty years when the first one was <laughs> done. But I don't know. I, I I liked one thing I liked just from watching the first half is there was a lot more. There's a little more discussion from the actors on each other and the characters, mm-hmm. and I and it, some of that was nice. Like hearing hearing Alan. He like like I said, it's a lot of the same information, but hearing it articulated slightly differently or with another little layer of thought after another you know couple decades it, it was nice i like that that I, might be my that might be my you know my fault for as again like i'm such yeah. a mash fan that i've watched all this stuff so it's you i couldn't help but feel like okay i've heard this story before mm-hmm. whether i saw and, it or i've read it somewhere you know so it's like okay I, we've gone over this before but for somebody like ethan who is just getting into this there's a lot that it will offer a lot for him so mm-hmm. it, your mileage is going to vary it depends on how much of a fan you are how many of these you've seen so i, I give it a yeah. thumbs up i recommend it uh, but just don't expect anything like world you know mind-blowing yeah i i do agree with some of the things i've seen uh people say about it in the various mesh internet spaces is they wish if they were going to take so much time they wish they would have talked delved a little deeper into some things like you said the most common one being some of the more recurring characters on the show it would have been nice to you know acknowledge we're gonna meet some of them alan arbus ed winters uh uh nurse kelly you know (laughs) jeff maxwell (laughs) who yeah it, it there are places where it definitely could have been made another half hour longer. You could have incorporated some of those things. But I, again, I, I agree with you based on the half of it I've seen, not bad. And again, I think I'm looking at it kind of halfway between you and Ethan where I've seen the 2003 one, but the last time I saw it was probably like seven, eight years ago. And I wasn't quite, I was a little younger and not quite as obsessive a fan. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think I'm looking at this more more like I did the, when we watched the movie where, I, yeah, I saw the movie, but this is the first time I really sat down and absorbed the movie. This is probably the first MASH 
retrospective, I actually was absorbing all of it as I watched it. So, yeah. But I mean, in all honesty, just to I mean, just to think about it for a show that's over now, fifty years old, they're still making new retrospectives mm-hmm. and stuff about it. So, I mean, it goes to show you, fandom is still there. And they're still interested in the show. So, I mean, I'm glad that they're still doing stuff because if nobody cared about it, they would not be... I know they need to fill prime time space, but, you know, I'm sure they could find something else if they didn't think that MASH was going to attract viewers. So, I'm glad that they're still interested in it. So, that that makes me happy. Exactly. I agree. <laughs> Go watch it, Ethan. Okay, fine. And stop Half of it. After 48 Half minutes. of it. Half <laughs> yeah. of it. Cool. Uh, Before we get into the actual episode we're discussing this week, I'm going to make a point to do this now so I don't forget it later. Uh, As y'all know, the last two months was very... uh, uh, How do I say this? Uh, Runtime heavy for the podcast. (laughs) Um, The MASH MASH movie episode, uh, the Tora 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 episode, which, I'll be honest, did so much better than I thought it was going to. I'm like, hey... Can the dumb World War II nerd talk about World War II? Uh, you guys should be proud of that. That was a great episode. You guys I had proud of that such episode. a fun time talking about it. And, and Ethan, I, I don't want to so speak much for fun you. Yeah. Watching a uh, P 51 Mustang get absolutely fucking launched at an extra who was scrambling for his life. Dude, I love that's one of my favorite facts about the movie is that that, that remote controlled airplane actually did go out of control and actually people were running for their lives. And they're like, that's awesome. Keep it. <laughs> But that was all possible. I, long story short, podcast site we upload to is based on hours uploaded. We get three hours for the base price per month. We did a lot more than three hours in November and December. Uh, and that <laughs> was goodness possible. for those Patreons, huh? <laughs> yes, that, that was. Thank you. Excellent segue. Thank you, Mike. Uh, no, that is. Seriously helped out by uh, the Patreon members, uh, Private Jared Gallagher, Lieutenant Mike Jameson, Sergeant Timothy Burleson, and Sergeant Luis Black. You guys definitely helped out with that, so I wanted to shout you out now, because I'm really bad at remembering it when we're half-tired at the end of the episodes. So, the end of these eight-hour marathon episodes. No eight-hour episodes. <laughs> Five, no. seven and a half. Final offer. No. <laughs> Chief Smash is determined to make, for want of a boot, an eight-hour podcast episode, and I can't, I let's cannot think how that's going to happen. Let's discuss the history of the military boot. No, <laughs> Starting, of course, not. with the humble cow. Step one. No. <laughs> Stop. Stop. Uh, and the last thing I'll mention is we did have someone reach out and message us on the Facebook page of all places, which, for those of you who follow us on Facebook, I'm so sorry. There are too many social medias to manage. I thought I was the only person who responded on Facebook because I'm old. No, there are a few. There are a few. (laughs) But yeah, it's the social media apps do not make it easy to coordinate things sometimes. So for those of you who follow us there, thank you. We're trying. But uh, he said he found the show three months ago. He is still on. I, I, I think this means he's watching through the show for the first time, but he is on his first pilgrimage. And our show is pretty fun. Aw, we like that the whole point we we got one for sure that is starting from scratch i apologize we did this to you you're you're in now you can't leave (laughs) but all right with all that done it is time to discuss quite possibly based on the feedback we have gotten (laughs) the best episode of mash (laughs) maybe (laughs) um 
I awesome. know that sounds crazy to say in season two, but based on what everyone has said, this is a lot of in a lot of people's top tens, top fives, or top threes. So, uh, without further ado, season two, episode thirteen, "Deal Me Out," written by Larry Gelbart, who he is credited on every episode of Mash. Even though he, correct me if I'm wrong, Mike, because I got confused by this. He didn't stay for the whole run of the show, right? He left he in season left after season four. Yeah, uh, and then after that, he's credited as developed, you know, developed by okay. Gary Gelbart. But okay, so with the first four seasons, he's not credited every episode as a writer, but it is said that he he went over every script. So yeah, he's he's, he's most, the show he's the show writer. Yeah, yes, he was basically yeah, I, I never... he and Gene Reynolds ran the show. Yeah, I never know what to call him because he didn't he doesn't sit down and write every episode, but he's essentially the the stopgap that you have. He, it runs yep. through him always. So yeah, yeah, I mean, you can have a very interesting conversation after probably season eight or nine when you start going over the different errors of the show with the different yeah. uh, head writers of the show because you know the point of view and the sensibilities of each head writer changes with the show. So that would be very interesting. But yeah, his mm -hmm. fingerprints are all over the first the first four seasons. For sure, for sure. So this episode, he is specifically credited with writing, not just being an overseer, along with uh, the man himself, the man of season two, we have called him Lawrence Marks. Yeah. This is his 14th of 28 mashes, and he is of the 13 episodes we've watched this season, Ethan, this is his eighth. So mm. most, almost two thirds or uh, no, about half of all the mash episodes we have watched have been written by Lawrence Marks. So, oh, we're halfway yeah. there. Not even close, but okay. <laughs> um, this was, and then this was directed by uh, the producer, Gene Reynolds. Yeah. So this is... You knew very, you were getting a good one with this one. Yeah, this <laughs> is a very... When, when the, the head writer and the producer, the two driving forces, along with a guy who's written basically half the show... Yeah, this is gonna this is gonna be be a big one. Um and we haven't done this in a while, so I figured we would do it. This episode aired on December 8th, 1973. Uh some things that were going on in the vicinity or on the date of uh December 8th, 1973. Two days earlier, the US Senate confirms Gerald Ford as the vice president for the first time under the 25th Amendment. Bonus fun fact about Gerald Ford, he is as of now the only Eagle Scout to ever hold the highest office in the nation. Fun yeah. fact. We should uh, uh, we should work on that. We should make the Eagle Scouts sort of like a, a Masonic Temple Illuminati. No, no, no okay. Thing. You were going in a great direction, and then it <laughs> went a different direction. I'm like, no, yeah, we definitely need more people with, you know, the, the qualities of Eagle Scouts in office, and Ethan took it a whole different direction. No. It's a big club, and we ain't in it, so let's just yep. make our own club. With and then earlier, earlier in the blood. day, oh no, that always makes earlier, things better. <laughs> good lord! <laughs> earlier in the day, before this episode went went live uh, to audiences on Saturday, December eighth, Richard Nixon would uh, address a press conference about uh, uh, releasing his tax returns because he was under scrutiny for not paying an appropriate amount of federal income tax for nineteen seventy and seventy one. Flat circle. Uh -huh. Yeah, I'm sure yes, you'll never is. hear about a president doing that again. 
Yeah. So fun fact, just a reminder, because I think we brought this up probably half a dozen episodes ago. Current we are mash we are talking about is happening in the midst of the Nixon Watergate. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, some historical context for when these episodes are being released. Oh boy. And so it begins. We open with uh, a camp welcoming visiting officers in preparation for a very special conference at 1800 hours, AKA 6 PM for us civilians. And the first officer we meet is major Milton comma Sidney Friedman. (laughs) It is, it is my, it is, this is the first of two things we're going to have to address in this episode. It is my personal belief because of how Klinger introduces himself to Dr. Friedman later. Milton is his first name. Sydney is his second name. He goes by Sydney to his friends. That is my, that is my, always been my personal belief. I he forget. was major. You, I'm sorry. I, I, I'm, go ahead. No, no, I'll, I'll make my point. I did not mean to. He, interrupt you. No, you're good. He, he, when he came to MASH the first time, it was purely business. Therefore, yeah. he was Major Milton Friedman. Now he is friends with the, with the other officers. He's coming for poker. It's Sydney. That's, now, that's how I've always worked it. Marvel Comics fans. I, I, I am a fan insofar as I have followed the MCU, but I have not delved into the comics because that is a whole, you, I don't have time, Mike. Have you ever heard of a no prize? No. Okay, so Marvel, when, when readers would find inconsistencies in their comics, they would write, back in the olden times, before the internet, they would write letters to the editor and they would point out these inconsistencies. So the Marvel editors would. would give them a no prize if they explained away the the inconsistency so basically Mm. you just got a no prize by explaining away the inconsistency of him having the name of milton and also sydney and me as a comics nerd i (laughs) and, and as a like mash nerd it clashes because i crave like canon and i crave like consistency and mash drives me insane with this with this type of stuff <laughs> why was notice? his name milton why was his why is his name now sydney why did they say hawkeye is from vermont why is he from crabapple cove why is it 1951 why is it now 1953 it drives me insane and my whole oh, life yeah. as a mash fan i've been trying to somehow reconcile reconcile, <laughs> reconcile, reconcile problems all in the timeline right now <laughs> oh no they're all <laughs> fucking liars. <laughs> no. Um, no, I... Although there's a reason... Now. <laughs> Mike, there is a reason, very specifically, we have not brought up any in-universe <laughs> dates at yes, all. Yes, Ever. Because no. that's going to lead us down a rabbit hole that we will never get out of. Yeah. I believe... Hawk- the beginning of season four. <laughs> I, yeah, I, technically... It, according to dates that we have already been given in the show s- thus far, BJ should be there, I think. Yes, yes, he should. <laughs> BJ should be there, Colonel Potter should be there. I think, yeah, I think Henry and Trapper <laughs> were there for about five months. <laughs> have don't you, think about it. Don't think about it, Mike. Uh, especially Anthony. Have you, do you own the, the complete book of MASH by Susie Coulter? So, it used to be, on my old desk, it literally... Okay, story time for the audience. It would it sits under my inbox <laughs> on my desk. <laughs> Hang on, no, no, no. It sits under the inbox on my okay. de- on my old desk, so that okay. when we would record the podcast, I could pull it out if needed. Sure. It has sat there so long with the spine oh, no. facing out 
that the dust cover is slightly bleached from the sun. It is because it is sat in that same spot since we started the podcast. So one it thing is I not. It's now, not in front one of me. Thing I love the but... book was she tried to actually come up with like a coherent timeline. Like she'll, but she'll try to come up with a timeline. And reading that when I was younger, I was like, "Thank you so much." Somebody it's close. Gets, it's very close. The struggle is real. Yeah, she tries. She tries to reconcile everything. I mean, you know, you got to do some gymnastics with the dates and everything. But mm-hmm. yeah, just. That was I, uh, <laughs> so you you get a no prize because I've never I don't know if I'm going to totally agree with that because I don't see him as a Milton but yes he maybe his name is Milton Sidney Friedman and he just and he hates Sydney. he hates the name Milton that's yeah, the, uh, well he I'll has tell you to something. go by it because on every military document and all its doctor's paperwork it's legal name and he oh. hates it but his parents must my... have hated him to name him Milton <laughs> Sidney Sydney yeah. Uh, <laughs> So, Ethan, I've teased you about this for long enough. I can now officially say this is the second of 12 appearances by Alan Arbus as Dr. Sidney Friedman. And he is by far, from everything I've seen in the MASH community, the favorite visiting cast member. My second favorite character of the whole show. Second favorite character of the whole show after Hawkeye. It's Hawkeye. Character you meet twelve times the entire rest of yeah, the cast. Yeah, but honestly, I love like that. he is the only character that you you could actually see as a, like only guest character that you could see as like a recurring character. It would have been stretched to make him a recurring character because you'd have to have some kind mm-hmm. of psychiatric mm-hmm. problem every week. He'd become Frasier, but like yeah, he, he could fit he in couldn't... so well. He, like he is my second favorite character. I you know I would never go to a to a therapist one because I don't want to scare them, but two. <laughs> Because he like they would have so they would have so far to live up to with Sydney that they mm-hmm. could never possibly like live up to what I what I would want them to be. Well, let's well, not go crazy. Sydney's still using Freudian psychology. Like <laughs> it, it, I, he'd probably do more harm than good. But <laughs> let, I mean, I love him too. But come on, let's let's be honest. <laughs> I would argue that if if. Because we said that this is a lot of people's top three, I think there are some people that all of their top three have Sydney in them. Because I can think of two oh. other Sydney episodes right now that oh, I yeah. would, that are fighting for my in my top five spot. Yeah, one of his other episodes, I'm going to beg you to be on because it's probably so. Is it my is it is episode. it is it Dear Sigmund or Quo Vadis, Captain Chandler? Quo Vadis. Okay, That's my favorite episode <laughs> of all time. Really? Okay. <laughs> Ethan, yeah, for, if you yeah. can pick up any spoiler from Quo Vadis Captain Chandler, <laughs> please do so. Uh, what is that, Latin? That's just, that's just, yeah. don't type, stop. It's Ewok. <laughs> it's Ewok. <laughs> so, yes, Alan Arbus as Dr. Sidney Friedman. His, this is his second, his first formal appearance as Sidney, according yeah. to all the wikis, but in our hearts, his second. Um, Radar brings him to the, I believe, Billeted officers section is BOS on the door. I don't know. It's it's I was visiting ask officers was. quarters. Okay, yeah. I don't know. It, some of the acronyms I'm sure are accurate, but the army's the army. It, just call it VIP tent. It's uh, the VIP one of the tent. acronyms in this episode is not is not uh, accurate according Ooh. to IMDb. But we'll get to. Oh that. boy, yeah. <laughs> and you know IMDb IMDb never lies. I don't trust a damn thing IMDb says. Um. 
he welcomes Dr. Friedman. Uh, Henry Blake uh, extends his compliments by providing... Uh, I can't even... Scotch, <laughs> gin, and vodka for your convenience, all in the same bottle. Well, that sounds like my high school years. <laughs> no. That's what I want to know. <laughs> How... I would love to know... Fun fact, going back to a previous thing... There is a, mar a a drinks section in the uh, MASH cookbook. Um, uh -huh. I do not believe a, a scotch gin vodka drink is in there, because how? How could you make a scotch gin and vodka drink? I call it the elixir. <laughs> <laughs> the elixir! <laughs> I mean, isn't that... Well, hang on. What's, a, what's in a Long Island iced tea? Hang on. Uh, a lot more than uh, that. There's also rum in there. It's... Rum, That's a short vodka. island iced tea. There you go. <laughs> like, we, we didn't get all the way across the island. There you go. <laughs> Scotch gin vodka all in the same bottle. And I love that Radar leaves. And as, as he's, you know, looking at his paperwork, he glances over at the bottle and goes to reach for it before, they, before we cut to the next scene. He considers it for a second. Yep. <laughs> uh, we have our next visiting officer... And I did ask Ethan before this episode, because I really wanted to save Ethan the potential embarrassment. I said, Ethan, you know who please it is. tell me you recognize Colonel <laughs> Sam Pack. Thank and wait, God. He said, he said it's Arnold from Happy Days, right? It's Arnold from Happy <laughs> Days. Exactly. No, this is obviously for anyone who is, if you're not aware, you have a lot of uh, uh, cinema watching to catch up on. Because this, of course, is um, Pat Morita. A.K.A. Mr. Miyagi from Miyagi four, from four Karate Kid movies: Karate Kid, Karate Kid Part Two, Part Three, and the next Karate. Oh, it's always not what I know him from. Sorry, uh, what, ooh, what do you do? You know him from the you... movie with Jay Leno? Yeah, I uh, I actually <laughs> know him uh, from the uh, Columbo episode uh, "Etude in Black," where he is an uncredited houseboy. But you know. <laughs> Get off IMDb. Of course. <laughs> I'll have you know it's Wikipedia. Oh, no. Uh, no, this is Captain Sam Pak of the uh, Republic of South Korea uh, Armed Forces. He is a doctor. And you know what? I'm going to say it. Obviously, everyone's number one side uh, recurring character is Alan Arbus' Sydney. Everyone's number two is Ed Winters. I could see some episodes where it would have been nice to have a Colonel or not Colonel Captain Pack uh, well, tagging. Along. Yes. He is I think... great. He fits in so well. And I will say like, it's, it's still watching all these episodes and Sandlot again, I'm old. So I've seen happy days and stuff. Yeah. I still think of him as Mr. Miyagi. So it's always weird to me to see him. You don't want to say being normal. because That's not what I mean, but he is yeah. going, you know, and he's not doing, he's not doing a caricature as Mr. Miyagi, but you know, he's yeah. playing a certain it, type of character. So it's always jarring a little bit to see him playing this kind of lighthearted character. He, but this was, he was comedian. So oh, yeah. this was, this is great. He fits in so well. He fits in this episode. He would fit, you are dead right. He would have been great if they would have brought him back for a lot more episodes. But much, much like Sydney, because Alan Arbus also hits a lot of those points where he, he can be funny. He's got this character to him and he works well with the cast. But the episodes where he comes in, he's not just there. It's not like with 
uh, I all of a sudden can't think of any of the other guest actors we've had on the show. It's not like in uh, Ed. I, I hate to come back. It's to not it, like one of the one of the visiting yeah, generals or anything like that. Yeah, or... it's not. It's not a bit part. It there is meat to all of his appearances. Yep. Maybe not so much in this one, just because the stakes aren't usually as high as they are for when Sydney comes. But in the future, mm-hmm. Sydney is a big part of the episodes he's in, and they kind of give us a proto version of that in this episode. Much like they bring uh, Captain Pack back in a few episodes for the Chosen People, and oh. there are a lot. <laughs> Ethan, stop screaming spoilers. We're going to talk about Mash. Shush. That was me. <laughs> Calm down. But there, I and again, I won't say all the episodes I'm thinking of, but there are definitely episodes that touch on or center around the issues of fighting a war in a foreign country, specifically Korea, that I think it would have been interesting to have someone like Captain Pack as a Korean liaison be in the same way that uh, Sydney is their psychiatrist liaison. It, yep. I think there could have been an opportunity to have him come, maybe not once a season like uh, Sydney, but every, every so often as a little recurring, he's our ROK guy. And it's also, oh. and we're going to get into it later in this episode also, but it's also the limitations of 70s television. They didn't yeah. think that way. They just didn't yeah. think that way. They didn't think about continuity. They didn't oh, think about... they didn't think that way, except we're going to get Jerry Fujikawa for seven MASH episodes, but we can't get, <laughs> we can't get Mr. Miyagi? Okay. Okay, 70s TV. But... I see you, 70s TV. <laughs> I see you, 70s TV, and I'm not believing the BS. Uh... So Radar Radar obviously gets uh, Captain Pack billeted. And Captain Pack, again, first line of the show. Uh, uh, have a nurse wake me a little at a time. Oh. Oh, Mr. Miyagi-san. What have you done? It's what uh, he's we... about to do. Oh, no. Uh, th- weirdly... Hawkeye and Trapper in the shower, which seems to be a recurring theme uh, for shots, because we had the uh, the tent martini in five o'clock chart or the shower martini in five o'clock Charlie. But Radar comes in and informs him everything's ready for the conference later tonight. Uh, They make the mistake of belittling Radar. Uh, he's already love... pretty belittled. <laughs> belittled I mean, what, yeah. did you, what did you say his height is? <laughs> Literally belittling. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry, Gary Berghoff, if you're listening. Uh, Gary Berghoff's height is five foot five and a half, according to IMDb. Um, Gary, I have important. nothing but respect for you. I just think I'm funny. I'm not. I know that, but I think I am. It also doesn't help that almost every other actor in the show, until uh harry morgan shows up is like over six <laughs> feet tall <laughs> it, it really doesn't help yeah <laughs> like uh ethan ethan put that gif of hawkeye trapper and radar posing in in the uh yankee doodle doctor episode mm-hmm. and it's like it's so obvious like they're so tall and he is so not it's <laughs> that's mean that was mean of them <laughs> but but i love that we're getting closer. One of our audience members said it, uh, and I'm not going to remember which one. And if I, I, I may not remember to specifically pull it up by the end of the episode, but one of our audience members mentioned that this is, again, Radar getting a little bit closer to the naive Atumwa boy, but also kind of being the the tagger on to Hawkeye and Trapper. This, and to, 
to the point where he's comfortable enough going, oh yeah, I can take a joke and yank and takes and their takes their it. bathrobes with him. I like, will I, I will opine this is the best radar where he does have that innocence to him, but he still has a little bit of that edge where he's not he's totally got, he's not like a ten year old. He's got younger you know, brother energy right now. Yes, he's like very much he's so. like great, he's yes. like oh yeah uh huh uh huh <laughs> yoink <laughs> yeah. um, guys uh, this is all fine and good but we're really overlooking the 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 big question here mm-hmm. what mm-hmm. happened and why is it no longer socially acceptable to shower with the homies I do always have a question about them showering together and this might be coming from somebody who now you guys obviously with camp and all that kind of stuff right but so, I never. I never, even gym class when I was younger, we didn't shower after gym class, so I've never had the great uh, pleasure of showering with uh, other men. And I, that's, you know, if you do, that's great. But I mean, when they're in that, when they're in that shower, are they totally buck naked? Are they wearing uh, bathing trunks? Because there are episodes where you see Hawkeye talking to somebody and he'll get out and then put his robe on. It would just seem a little weird if you're just getting. Maybe yeah. it would be me because I would not want to get out in front of even one of my best friends, buck naked. <laughs> yeah, I. The only two times I can think of in my life I've been in a, com, like a, because those aren't even like communal showers. They are individually stalled. They're just not. They're just from the waist. And I just want to make it clear. I have no problem yeah. with it. That's my own personal. Yeah. Just like I, you know, it's. Done. You know, that's that's me worrying about my own inadequacies. I don't care about. I'm not saying like you. You're. Oh you're no 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 no. I'm, I'm I'm just talking about my own insecurities. So I, that for me, I would be like, oh, I don't know about this. No, because the two times that I've had a full not stalled communal shower situation. Oh yeah, it was swim trunks. Like no, whatever. <laughs> no, nope, nopeity, nope, nope, nope. But yeah, and that's even at even at camp summer camps nowadays for any youth organization it's individual stalled showers and it's separated like bathrooms are so that's not even i can't even think of a scenario where something like this happened in this specific scenario uh waist down's fine but yeah i'm definitely i'm definitely not and uh, the other thing is after you've like been shot at shelled you know been elbow deep in a patient with someone yeah, you can see my butt. I don't care. Sure. Yeah, I guess get you're o- right. Get, o- get over <laughs> it, dude. Is that like... what I have to do? Okay. Uh, uh, hold on. Say that again. I need to make a list. Okay. <laughs> get me a cadaver. <laughs> we know a guy. Um, oh. I, actually, I actually can get one for you if you need, if you need oh, We know two guys. We know story. two guys now. <laughs> yeah, I can. <laughs> I love the desperation of Hawkeye and Trap 2. No, wait, we we didn't mean it. You're beautiful. You're beautiful. <laughs> uh, we then get Henry and Radar, and I love the furthering of the, like, father and son bonding uh, with Radar and uh, Henry. And I, the benefits of occasionally jumping ahead several seasons, because there's a... There's a constant looping run of the episodes on one of the live streaming sites, which is probably very illegal, but it's still up and I don't care. Um, but I'll occasionally hop it in and put it on in the background if I'm at the office doing stuff. And it'll be whatever season he's on, I just jump into. And I jumped into uh, an episode. This isn't spoilers, Ethan, because almost every character is going get to get one at some point. I jumped into Dear Ma randomly. Uh, the one where Radar writes home. And the thing that I don't think we uh, 100% appreciate about Radar, if you haven't been paying close attention, 
his dad died when he was little, little. Like oh. he he was raised by his mom and his uncle. So it's again knowing what I know in the future, you know, about key character details and watching back the first and second seasons is I like that they're giving Radar this little bit of. It's not that he was. It's not. Obviously, he had his uncle, but he he's still missing that little bit of something from his childhood, and he's finding it in some of the people he's met in one way or another. And we're going to see that kind of get get developed between Henry yeah, and Colonel it Potter. It becomes and, a family for him, whereas Hawkeye yeah. and Trapper and then later BJ are his older brothers. Henry is his is like a father figure to him. I mean, so he's he's getting the family that he never had or the family mm-hmm. experience that he never got to have. So. Mm-hmm. And then it just goes to illustrate how it's different. The experience is different for everybody. Hawkeye, Trapper, BJ are older and a little bit worldlier than him. So they don't need that type of experience. They and see their commanding officers in a different way than Radar will. So And going going back to <laughs> one of the things I really liked, a little a li- tiny little spoiler for the uh the ma- the little mash uh the comedy that changed television special. I really liked what Gary Berghoff had to say about Radar is you needed a character that all of this was new, that this was the first time he was seeing war and death and violence and all this. And Radar, Radar is a, and Gary specifically as the actor really did a good job of doing that. And the writers to everyone, everyone helped make Radar's character be that for us. Fortunately, they do let him grow and mature, but it's nice to see him kind of experience some of this as the show goes. There are better episodes to talk about Radar. Yeah, I mean, just an aside, uh, I did wear the uh, the cat Hawaiian shirt, but I was also going to put three pieces of uh, of toilet paper on my face for this episode <laughs> too. But I just, I never got a chance. So, man, talk <laughs> about things I did not understand watching this show as an 11, 12, 13 year old. Yeah. <laughs> like, why does he have toilet paper on his face? And then it's like one day, I remember specifically one day when I was like 16, 17, 18, like late high school, it finally clicked. Like, oh, mm. that's a, like, ah, I, I get it now. now. <laughs> All the, a tradition going back that centuries. To some caveman putting birch bark on his, you know, flint, flint knife shaving wound. But, but yeah, it's totally like a father-son thing where he wants to borrow the keys to the car. And No, a hundred percent. I love Henry's reaction to him where he, you know, he's asking him about where they're going to go. And I just like that when he's, when he's like, it's uh, what does he say? It's like a, a it's a Lockheed bomber packing crate, packing that, yeah. crate that, they, <laughs> that they stuck a jukebox on a bunch and of Ray, girls on roller skates. And Radar's like, yeah. <laughs> that sounds like heaven. <laughs> Uh, and again, yeah, this is very much, uh, almost tongue in cheek, a tiny bit to like sitcoms of the day of dad, can I have the, you know, like you said, dad, can I have the keys to the car this weekend? I don't know, son, you, you're going to go out and get, you're going to go up to lover's lane and kiss Penelope Smith. No, no. I mean, it also gives insight, (laughs) it gives insight into Henry's character too, because he, what I think is he likes Trapper and Hawkeye because he wants to be them. In that he is a family. I mean, like we always say in all these episodes, he shouldn't be the commander. But it's not because he's a bad person. He's just a regular person thrown into an irregular situation. <laughs> he's a family man. And I think he, more than Hawkeye and Trapper, can relate to Radar in that way. And Radar feels that, so that's why he looks up to him as a, as a father figure. 
Do, do so we I know how... I'm sorry. How go, old? Go well, no, what were you going to say? Do we know how old... Do we know how Harry's? old... No, well, uh, Henry's Henry? kids are. Because I know he has yeah. a son while he's there. It changes, yeah. Um, I, think I feel like has... his oldest is like 9 or 10. I That's thought. what I was going to say. I think so. Yeah, That's they're still pretty like young. In... Yeah. Oh yeah, because he has the pictures. I thought he had like a, a a nine or ten year old son, and like a oh, because she's turning seven in the home movie, right? Yes, the daughter. Yeah, yep, yep, and yep, then he yep. has a new uh, like a one year old, like mm -hmm. a newborn one year old. Okay. Yep. Because I was curious. I'm like, has he had to give the keys of it to his car to anyone yet, or is he like practice? Is he like practicing on radar? He's practicing on radar. <laughs> Which, okay, hi. World War Two. Anthony is coming out now. Um. Jeeps, correct me if I'm wrong, audience, most military vehicles, like Humvees and Jeeps, don't have keys. They have starter buttons and glow plugs, because uh, nothing would suck more while being shot at than trying to find where the key to your Jeep is. I believe, I believe they're push-button starts, but still, it is sorry, sorry to ruin to the moment. It is incredibly steal a modern military uh, ground vehicle. Really? You want to dive deeper into that and why you've considered this and... Well, you no? see, it's funny you mentioned that. No, I don't, because there is a National Guard base not uh, 200 yards from where I'm sitting. Mm, mm, good, interesting, interesting. Anyway, so Radar gets uh, permission to take a Jeep out. Good for Radar. I'm sure nothing will go wrong. Uh, <laughs> the 1800-hour medical conference is about to begin, and I love the, the spoiler uh, camera swap to it's po it's poker night it's poker night in the swamp <laughs> and i love their setup a uh, card table with army wool blanket which is weirdly a great substitute for like blackjack table material like the felt uh yeah i'm i'm loving this i'm loving everything about poker night in the swamp i think what makes it's weird because what makes great movies books any kind of media that you love is a lot of times you want to live in that world. And it's always mm -hmm. weird when you say, oh, I'd love to live in the world of MASH because you're in a war zone. But when you're watching an episode like this where they're all sitting there playing poker, they're having fun, making fun of each other, um, just being friends. I mean, you want to live in this world. You want to be sitting there with them and, and playing with them and drink with them. And it's always weird to say that because you'd be in the middle of a war zone, but... Well, scenes like this in the tent, especially, just make me very nostalgic. You know, I would absolutely love to go to an army surplus website, buy one of these, you know, ten by ten canvas tents, haul it out somewhere for a week of camping, and a camping consists of living in the tent and playing poker like that. I would love that so much. And we, dude. Eat. You're in California. Squatters have a ton of rights. Just buy a tent and live in it. Like, Seriously. <laughs> no, the, the one upside to, before I moved back in with my parents, the one upside to having my own place and before all my friends moved away, looking at you, Kansas, mm -hmm. uh, we, were able, we were able to do just this. We had a, a boys poker night uh, one night at my house, and it was exactly this. It was such the vibe. It well, was so fun. Thank God you guys did, because I will tell you this, I've never played poker in my life. I'm not a card player, so you can explain to me what they are talking about in this episode. Oh, <laughs> I'm not, I certainly I'm not can't. a card player. Uh, <laughs> I certainly can't. I don't think so. But 
Uh, Unless the card game is Uno, I am not a card player. (laughs) I also mentioned that there was a $5 buy-in for that friend's poker game, and the house made out with 25 bucks. So (laughs) it wasn't rigged, but hey, you know. It was rigged. It was made. You dealing like Henry? (laughs) Yeah, Henry dealing all the cards face up onto the first round. And somehow both times he gets an ace. Ace. Okay, even, I know that. even I know that. Even I know that. Okay, Henry. Whoops. <laughs> That's embarrassing. Whoops. <laughs> I don't understand the issue. <laughs> uh, Klinger comes in with sandwiches, and I told Ethan go- before we started recording, this might be one of my favorite Klinger outfits because it's so <laughs> awful. It's good. He's got, I don't even know what, how to describe that hat. Looks like he looks like colorblind Mary Poppins. <laughs> That's perfect. There you go. The, the, it's, the, like pl- beanie, it's like a beanie, right? Is it a beanie? It's, I don't know. It, it looks like a old 1950s ice pack, but with no ice. I, I don't. <laughs> yeah. But the green and the red with the flower print uh, top with the red jacket and the plaid skirt. I do love his the, sunglasses also. <laughs> the big hoopy, the sunglasses are what put it over the top and make it great. Well, um, what is, like General, like uh, Captain Pack says, earrings with a sweater? Earrings with a sweater. <laughs> and I love how they're all, because obviously Sydney's rolling with it, because if what I say is true, he's, well, based on Klinger's interaction with him, what I say has to be true. Uh, Major Friedman, the psychiatrist. And Sydney's not having any of it. Like, no, Klinger, we're not doing this today. <laughs> uh, and I love that Sydney starts regaling him with even better, like, bits to get out of the army. <laughs> I, I had a patient who, ins- who crawled along the woodwork and insisted he was a cockroach. And another that said he was at Washington, he was with Washington at Valley Forge and had therefore already done his mandatory military service. Yeah. First time Reminds me of this inmate on death row uh, who died temporarily during a medical incident and then argued in court that because he had died and was resuscitated, he had served <laughs> his life sentence and should be released. You know, I, I depending no on that. what, but depending on what crime he committed, I mean, technically... By, I, I could see a lawyer arguing Look, that. Look, you don't get onto death row by jaywalking, you know what I mean? Like, I mean, yeah, fair. Yeah. Although, if um, you do... Hold you're on, living life right. Jays to walk. <laughs> uh, you might be wondering, where's Frank during all of this? Well, as to be expected. Frank is performing surgery, and by performing surgery, I mean not performing surgery. Because he's operating on an army intelligence officer, and the rule is, and I couldn't confirm anywhere if this is accurate or was a thing, but because of the sensitive nature of what the CID do, you cannot anesthetize, at least in the MASH universe, you cannot anesthetize a CID man without another CID man present to uh, censure or uh, put into context or record what he, uh, the first one may or may not have said, well, under anesthesia. All right. Well, first, I, do you believe that Frank was nervous about doing the surgery, or is he just being Frank and he is abiding by the rules? That's one. And two, supposedly, 
somebody who is in army counterintelligence would not would not be a CID man. That was what I was talking about with like anagrams mm-hmm. and stuff like that. I think it would. He, I think it's something like CID. I can't remember what it was. I I did look this up beforehand and I can't remember, but not that it matters. Again, in the Mash universe, you know, sure, well, he's a CID. As, man. as you, we're going to talk more importantly, about, do you think he's just being frank and being a nudge because he doesn't? Because he he's got to go by the rules, or do you think he's a little nervous about doing the surgery and he's is looking for any way that he can get out of it? I think he's going by the rules. I think okay. I I think this is still early enough in the show, Frank, that he's not because we've talked about this before. Frank isn't incompetent or as incompetent as he's going to be portrayed later. Because yep. there are. God, what episode was I watching the other day? There's uh, there was a season four episode that popped up on rotation that I had on in the background where something medically a medical emergency is happening. And Frank is weirdly being helpful. Despite being season four, Frank Burns. So (laughs) I think in I think in this episode, he's very close to uh, movie Frank. In a way where he's just like you said, he is more. It's not that he can't do it. He's just that way. He just needs mm-hmm. to be, oh, well, these are the rules and I can't do it. And, you know, you can't, I can't I'm do it. You'll probably be fine. And, yeah, yeah, you'll probably be fine. And For what it's worth, I've seen this uh, trope, if you want to call it that, used in other medical shows. Uh, like uh, a secret agent or whatever has to be put under and there has to be someone else present. So I don't know if that makes it true, but it does make it more commonplace. Mm-hmm. So it and it makes I mean, in context, it makes sense. You if there if you have sensitive information, you probably should not be under the influence of yep. uh, mood inhibiting or uh, uh, what am, what's the word I'm trying to think of? Uh, Mind altering inhibition, inhibition, yeah. uh, inhi- you know, releasing uh, intoxicants. But and to be fair with the whole is it CID counterintelligence, as we're going to talk about a little later with Ed Winter's character. I don't know how many. I, I would love to keep a tally of how many different entities he says he represents through the course <laughs> oh, yeah, of we'll the get series. Because it's got to we'll be like twelve episode. <laughs> um, God, I every time I think about that character, one of the dumb lines he says pops into my head, and I can't. <laughs> Who's saying "tour lor lor" and going my way? <laughs> uh, I love that. That's a reference that literally only two of us in this call get. Uh, okay, but there's three of us in the call, so uh, you know. So don't cr- count Craig as a human the, being. Wow, the uh, CID don't man. Be racist. Yeah, don't. Yeah, at be worst, nice. that's elitist. <laughs> yeah. That's fine. Hey, from the from the very little bit of Star Trek I've seen and what I know about data, don't be mean to the technology. You're gonna regret it one day. Uh, <laughs> Uh, it just will be a little our side note. <laughs> <Eventually>. Yep. <laughs> uh, the CID man on the table is actor oh, Tom yes. Denver. Uh, I bring him up because he will be in other mash episodes. This we'll is his first of five mash. <laughs> yes, first of five mashes. Uh, and if you're wondering what other great uh, roles have I seen him in, not a lot. Um, <laughs> this is his most prolific television Yeesh. show he has been in. Uh, five episodes. Uh, Again, another another one of these wonderful, not mm-hmm. knocking it, but you know, round robin actors they use for the the one off little background parts or stuff. Yeah. So he's into the six million dollar man. He is in an episode of Happy Days. 
There is that crossover. <laughs> With Pat um, <laughs> Probably. Uh, maybe. Could be happening right now. Um, yeah. Let's see. We already talked about Sam. My notes are slightly out of order. Oh, no. It's okay. <laughs> I, was try I was trying to rush through it because I left it a little late, but... uh. Oh, that's okay. I'm just watching along as we as we record, so I'm I'm yeah, anticipating I love, the hilarity. <laughs> I I love um uh well, what would happen is I stopped to write down Tom Dave's information or Tom Tom Dave's Tom Denver's information, and the sh I didn't pause the episode, so I would suddenly have to go back and write down stuff. I I <laughs> so, but I love that Frank looks over and says, "I guarantee you, you're in absolutely no danger." Looks at patient, I think, <laughs> and the poor man on the table's like. It's uh, always what you want to hear from the doctor. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. I think we all know that that patient is a hell of a lot safer not being operated on than being operated on <laughs> by Frank. Seriously. Yeah. <laughs> He's in good uh, hands in not in Frank's hands. Um, I would hate to play poker with Hawkeye because he's a <laughs> cocky, arrogant ass. Uh, okay, you but you know, one, I I wonder what my odds of getting the fifth. I wonder what my odds of getting the fifth jack are. <laughs> oh well, tosses five dollar oh, chip into the. Oh no, he's just great though. The way he reads he's that so line good. is amazing. <laughs> Hawkeye is just playing how Jared would play if Jared knew how to play poker. <laughs> Jared does not know how to play poker. He goes I, all in every hand, and it works most of the money I won that poker night was off Jared. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! See, I would be more like Sydney. What's your problem, poker face? <laughs> oh my suicide. god, a psychologist in a poker match. Uh, he gets <laughs> yeah, a really. couple quips in here, but my fondling god. with your chips is very infantile, Henry. Not now, <laughs> Sydney. <laughs> Uh, I'm just going to say this as the cigar smoker in the room. I hate this scene. I hate Klinger and Henry. No one sticks an entire cigar in their cheek and chews on it. That's not the reason you see that as a cigar thing is because you need to stick a cigar that far to the side yeah, of your mouth to say your lines. Yeah. <laughs> Front of the mouth, hold it between your two, your four front teeth or your lips. You don't cram it. Gary Berghoff does it, Henry does it, Klinger does it, and I'm pretty Harry sure Morgan. Harry Morgan does yeah. it, and I hate it every time. But <laughs> but this so... scene, like, them just around the table, like, uh, riffing back and forth, I mean, it's just, it's, a, it's great. I mean, you feel just like, again, like, I feel like I want to be sitting in that tent with them. I want to have a martini mm -hmm. in my hand. Even though I don't know how to play poker, I just want to be hanging out with them. I just, yeah, I just want to be hanging out, great. like... Play yep. the guitar while sitting on a cot. Something just <laughs> chilling. Did uh, someone I say guitar? Oh no, no! Put it down. Put I it down. I won't do it. I won't do it with Craig. Um, I love that Sydney uh, ups the bet. Klinger says that's mean, and he uh, Sydney just looks straight at him and goes, "I'm gonna beat the pants off you, lady." That's the that's the first time he is really, really Sydney. Like in the yeah, series, he, he, like. He's that's the he's first, fully like, let really, his hair yeah, down. He's yeah. fully yeah, he's fully Sydney. Yep. <laughs> and just like the little banter, like who brought the kosher salami? Uh Captain Pack. I did. From a little Yenta I knew in Ber or a little Jewish girl I knew in Berkeley. She's a Yenta <laughs> now. 
Uh, okay, so I looked up what a yenta was, and I, 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 I'm gonna need you to explain it to me. Um, Anthony, <laughs> you want to take this? One? I am not 100% culturally aware of what a the like textbook definition of a yenta is. I know yenta, the character from Fiddler on the Roof. I believe it's a similar verbiage to like a spinster, either a widowed, an older widowed woman, or a a woman who never married something again i am not oh, i'm guessing what i found was like a busybody also yes those things tend to go together a lot uh, no uh the only context i have is from fiddler on the roof where yenta is the the busybody older widowed woman who also happens to have all the gossip and oh i know who would be the perfect match for your daughter the butch's <laughs> the butch's son let me let me introduce them you know she gets a whole song in the sh in the in the play. So, uh, side note, uh, I didn't, I don't think I heard the news when it happened, but I saw on like the list of actors we lost this year, we lost Topol, uh, yeah. who very famously played in the Fiddler on the Roof movie. He played, um, oh god, the main character. Why can't I think of his name? Oh god, I'm gonna be so irritated. I would love to help you, but I knew he played oh, the main god. character, but I can't remember you what it is. Uh, Tevia, Tevia, Tevia. Tevia from Fiddler on the you Roof. You could have said anything and we would have been like, oh. yeah. Yeah, because I, I don't know Fiddler. I, on a small, tiny side tangent, because this is what our podcast is, <laughs> that is no. unironically one of my favorite films. And by uh, adjacently, one of my favorite stage plays is Fiddler on the Roof. <laughs> to the point that one of my bucket list, if I ever have the opportunity to do it, I would. If like if a local like the local Auburn theater did a production, I would try out for the part of Tevia in Fiddler on the Roof. Nice. But yeah, I, I record I, that and then put it on YouTube. <laughs> that that <laughs> that is such a charming and interesting little stage play. But yeah. Anyway, tangent over. Um yeah, but the the little side conversations, just like the banter that's yep. again. I know nothing. I know very famously there was no ad libbing on Mash. I find that so hard to believe because of scenes like this where they're just yeah going. It back is hard to believe. Maybe just the writing is that good, the acting is that good because it just they. It, what I always feel, especially about these first three to four seasons, very lived in. The atmosphere mm -hmm. of the characters very lived in. It doesn't feel like they're acting. It just feels lived in. It feels like they're they've all been friends. They do this every week, like they just said, and you you don't feel like they're acting. Like I said, you want to be there because it feels like it's just friends around a poker table, and everybody mostly everybody knows what that is. Whether it be poker, you or you're just hanging out watching movies together. You're hanging out having a drink together with friends, and you're messing around with each other back and forth. That's the feeling you get watching this. Well, I think that's that's part of why. Uh... Recently, uh, Jared, uh, former uh, host of the podcast, he says hi, by the way, um, he has recently been uh, very passionate about saying, hey, every Saturday night at eight o'clock, if you are available, we are watching something. We're getting on <laughs> Discord like we are now, and we're watching something. Currently, we are two episodes into uh, the current season of Loki, the most recent season of Loki. Yeah, you gotta let me have it, but, know how that is. <laughs> so far, so good. So far, so good. But 
Well, let me say he, he, as a 49-year-old who has kids and is married, that's good. You should try to stay that way because I have friends who, you know, we don't talk as much as we used to. And we used to be close like this where, you know, again, I don't play poker, but whether it be we're just hanging out late at night, shooting the shit with each other or watching a movie together and making fun of the movie if, if it's bad. Yeah. Try to do that with your friends because it's 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 good. to Or anything, even just get yeah. on and be like, hey, what happened this week? Like, yeah. Again, no spoilers for Ethan, but because I don't know if it was because it was the end of the year or what reason, some one of the channels was airing the finale of MASH. And there's that scene where a couple characters get together and they're oh, like, yeah. oh, yeah, oh, yeah, I'll write you. And one of them goes, no, no, we won't. We might yeah. send one or two letters back <laughs> and forth. But after what, three, four months, a year? Because it, it and think about 1953. It's not like you can jump on on Skype or jump on Discord mm-hmm. and talk to yeah. talk to one another and see each other. I mean, you're either yeah, writing you letters to... to each other, or you're flying out to different coasts to see each other. So it, and and flying out happen. is a three plane connection, not yeah. one. Yeah, yeah, it's no. If you have the ability to hang out with your friends, even if it is digitally, please do so. Yeah. Speaking of which, hi Ethan. <laughs> Watch the first two episodes of Loki and catch up. Um, <laughs> yes, I'm sorry. I you stepped out. away because I uh, don't like hanging out with my friends. What were we talking about? <laughs> anyway, stepped away because I'm a rat bastard. Exactly. And the rats uh, in the cradle and the Sydney. Spoon. Sydney commits one of my biggest pet peeves while playing poker. He does not go out in turn. Uh, go out in turn, Sydney. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I, that that is something if you don't understand I can explain if you play poker please 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 this is a big pet peeve for me and I know it is for other people do not bet check or fold until it is your turn to do so this is the hardest thing for me to explain to people who are playing poker for the first time or the first couple times you folding or checking or betting before it is your turn could potentially Give information to someone who has not bet yet as to what is the smart. Like, if you fold, that might change what they are going to do betting wise. Like, don't it? There's that goes around the table in an order for a reason, and jumping the gun can fuck someone up (laughs) who is, especially someone who is bluffing and trying to trick another person. Like, it can go out in turn. Please. Well, should also, you also should you also not reveal uh, what you, card you had when you, you lose? It, yes, <laughs> if you fold, <laughs> if you fold, keep your cards face down because if you fold and expose that, first of all, any hand you fold on that you could expose another person's hand probably means well, depending on what version of poker you're playing, you could give away another person's hand if someone's bluffing that they have all the jacks and you fold and show your cards and you have one of them. You may you've tipped someone's ha- yeah. hand. Don't do that. It's yeah. such a pet peeve. This is why people got shot in saloons over poker <laughs> games. Don't do it. If you're wondering, like it's just a, it's just a card game. <laughs> no, it. You can do dumb things at a poker table that can, will get you beat up. Don't yeah. do it. Learn the nuances because there's definitely it's like it's like any other it's like golf. It's like any other game. There are little unwritten rules that you need to follow to be polite. And that's one of them is go out and turn. 
Yeah, right. except unlike golf, if you don't follow these unwritten rules, there are possible real-world, very physical consequences. Yeah, this is why I'm, if I'm teaching people to play poker, it's never for money. It's just, it's never for actual worldly possession. It's... God fucking oh. damn it. Uh-oh. Oh, Do we no. need to take a break? No, that was just a dad sneeze. From <laughs> that was a sneeze? Whoa. I don't know what that was. <laughs> Your dad's expelling demons. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he is. So, during all of this, Radar comes in, very panic-stricken, <laughs> wearing the paratrooper scarf. Yes, he is. Um, that, that, the the famous the paratrooper. Yeah, I think it's the first appearance of the paratrooper scarf. The think. paratrooper scarf. When the paratrooper scarf comes out, you know Radar is trying to, trying to have a You know Radar's time. on the prowl. Ooh, baby. Radar is on the prowl. <laughs> Radars, uh, oh. No. <laughs> uh, Watch out, ladies. I love that. Fondling your chips is very infantile, Henry. Not now, Sydney. Colonel, not now, Radar. <laughs> <laughs> radar, whatever it is, sign it, cancel it, or order five more. <laughs> I, I have to imagine what Hawkeye does. It just boils your blood. What is Hawkeye L doing? Looking at his cards. What do you That's what I was saying. I don't, I don't mind looking at his cards when he folds. I don't, I don't, once you've folded your hand, as long as you don't give away what someone has in their hand. Well, eh, it depends. This is, okay, here's another slight pet peeve of mine for poker. If it's down to two people and I, and I have a better hand and I raise the bet on you so high that you fold. I do not have to show you my cards. Right. Because that gives away my strategy, potentially. Was I bluffing? You don't know. For you to find out, you would have had to match my bet, right? Yes, but for Just the comedic value. Yes, for the comedic value, <laughs> yes. But that's because I've had poker games where it's like, show me your cards. No, that's not no, how the game yeah, works. That's, yeah, you can't do that. Even I know that That's like just saying, hey, give me $300 because I'm about to go bankrupt in Monopoly. No, that's not how the game works. I can't just loan you money. That's a, there's a reason for that. A lot of people are shot over Monopoly games too. But I mean, that's I'm just from. I'm that's a whole different. I'm just from Philadelphia, so that I mean that. Happens. Dude, it's not it's not Christmas unless you get in a fist fight with your grandma over Boardwalk and Park Place. Come on. Yeah, dude. <laughs> people in Philadelphia get shot over groceries. We aren't going to take your word for what's normal. Well, I mean, I'm not going to incriminate myself, but. At a boy. That was my loaf from Philly. That was my loaf of bread. I don't care what that 80 year old woman says. <laughs> <laughs> oh. uh, so yes radar has a very pressing issue that he needs the colonel's help with so colonel stands up deals him out and then captain pack gets yeah, to decide the rules me. of the <laughs> next hand okay i need to look at the actual subtitle see what all he says <laughs> i don't genuinely know what half of the stuff he says is you know what we're gonna yeah do because i mean hawkeye as the button, he's like, now that's inscrutable. And I'm like, okay, I don't play poker, so I don't know. And they, I'm like, is that something weird? What exactly are they talking about here? Okay, just a quick little search. Essentially, high-low <laughs> is a very complicated uh, addendum you could add to a hand of poker. Uh, where basically, you can have two winning hands. A high winning hand and a low winning hand, and they split the pot. That is my very base level quick Google of it. Complicated. Yeah, I have no idea. What you're talking about. <laughs> uh, you can buy one on the end. Essentially, means you can 
a buy an additional card to try to make your hand better, I believe. Don't quote me on this. Uh, I don't play poker. <laughs> most people don't add weird rules like this. Uh, low whole card wild means whole cards are your cards. Community cards are the ones in certain games that are played on the table. Like Texas Hold'em, the five cards in the middle are community. You're, you're playing your whole cards off of those community cards to get the best five card hand you can. Low whole card wild means whatever the lowest whole card, I don't know if he means in your hand or among the table, is wild. It can be any card. It's a wild card. It can be whatever card you want it to be. That oh. basically he just lits a very complicated rule set for the next hand of poker. Okay. <laughs> and it's, yeah, unnecessarily difficult. Okay. Um, we learned that Radar has run over <laughs> a Korean national with his Jeep. But was, which... it, a, was it a thud or a thump? Yeah, was it a thud or a thump? It was. It was a Korean it, thump. It was a Korean thump. Why was it a Korean thump? Because <laughs> I ran over a Korean. I just I like when he said, "They're going to put you away until you're a little old corporal." And he goes, "Yes, sir." <laughs> <laughs> so they head over to the hospital, and I love that we get the overhead camera shot uh, of the poker game between. Well, before that, uh, though, I do like when Henry says, oh, Radar, don't you think you mean more to me than, uh, what's it? Than a pair of deuces. Than a pair of deuces. I mean, I like that. Again, it's not overly maudlin where, uh, and again, spoiler for later MASH, where they could lean into the overly maudlin, even with that, where it's a funny line, but you still, you get that Henry, mm -hmm. Henry feels for Radar. So I, I always like that. I love that. <clears throat> And I took you off a train of thought. You were saying the over no, the good. overhead. <laughs> we just get we just we get instead of going straight into the hospital with radar and yep. Henry, we do get back to the poker game for just a short little scene. Uh, time we separate the men from the boys, and we get that scene we were talking about where yes. where uh, Klinger gets introduced as the school marm, but you get uh, <laughs> Pat Morita and his like Texan <laughs> slight <laughs> comedy chops because that's the thing I never knew about. Him is he was a stand-up comedian. Yeah, he, he was. Got into yeah, acting. he was a stand-up comedian. He, I, I, I don't think a lot of people know that because, again, like most people know him as. I would bet you, most if you talk to most people, they would think that he is like Mr. Miyagi, that he is speaking in like broken yeah. type of English. Mr. Miyagi, and all that kind of stuff and, Mr. Miyagi would be the obvious thing, and the fun fact you didn't know is that he was on Happy Days. <laughs> yeah. Everywhere He's, you look, everywhere exactly. Yeah. You, I don't know. The word. Oh what? oh, what is that? Oh, now I'm going to go nuts. What's, what's the, the theme song? Is that? See, house, I'm, old enough, I'm old enough. I'm old enough that I would, come, no, that's I would come home and watch Happy Days in the Afternoon, followed by Laverne and Shirley, and then MASH for an hour. This was after cartoons. So yeah. I grew up with, I grew up with Happy Days. But it was always weird because it's much like MASH, the early seasons of MASH, before I like was really into MASH. And I was like, who is this like? Weird, because I knew, like, BJ, because they would show most of the BJ episodes. I was like, who's this other guy with, like, the curly hair? When they would have the Pat Morita <laughs> episodes, because he was in the early episodes of Happy Days, I was like, wh wh why is Mr. Miyagi on Happy Days? <laughs> <laughs> what is going on here? <laughs> like, you see, actors can play different people. I know, but I didn't know that. 
It's it's the equivalent of there's this wonderful time and I'm sure you having kids can appreciate this because my mom did this all the time to me. The when you're when your child realizes an actor has played two of the different parts they love. Oh, uh, yes. For, yes. For me, it was teenage me re- being told that, hey, you're discovering George Carlin's comedy for the first time as a 15 year old. Great. Remember, remember watching Shining Time Station yes. and Thomas the Tank Engine? Yes. And I'm like, I'm like, yeah, why? Why? Mom, why are you, you laughing? Why, you why are you the laughing? episode when he introduced <laughs> Thomas to the seven words you can't say on network television? No, that that <laughs> broke 15 year old me for a day or two when I realized George Carlin was Mr. Conductor. But yeah. um, no, for my son, I think it was uh, when he saw uh, Christian Bale in uh, Thor: Love and Thunder, and he was like, "What? Wait, that's..." I'm like, "Yes, <laughs> yeah, yes." Oh no. <laughs> um. So Radar and Henry are checking on the Korean he ran over. Um, okay, we don't know his on name. The Korean he ran over. Yes. You know, normal, normal Thursday night activities at the Mash Unit. Uh, <laughs> Um, we don't know his name yet, but we, we will learn his name is Huang. Um, this is actor Jerry Fujikawa, his first of seven MASH episodes. And I quickly looked through the episodes he's in. He's in some great episodes. Um, yeah, really. He's, he's really, again, one of these little extra... He's like the one... Z-League of the MASH uh, universe. Yes. Yes. There, there's a handful of the, of the uh, Asian American extras they bring in as, you know, the local Koreans. They're all fantastic. They're all wonderful. Um, there's, I, I'm not going to remember the actor's name, but I I'm thinking, about. yeah, I, I'm thinking of Bug Out, the guy who's trying to sell them new real estate, or the guy that yeah, cars the so bust of Colonel Potter. I can't yes, think of the actor's yes, name. I can't remember his name now. They called him Curly, but yes, I know who you're talking yeah. about. Yep. Yeah. Did he I, recently, I think he passed away last year, but yes, yes. I think, I him. think, I yeah, he did because I remember seeing. That's why I'm thinking of him, but. Yep. One of my favorite this lines from a non-main <laughs> actor is, is, used to be round. <laughs> and again, Ethan has no context for that. No, he but it's one of my I'm sitting here patiently waiting for something I can contribute to. You, you, you will. Don't worry. But not if I have anything to say about it, and I do. This you is do th- so because I, I need feel, to run I, upstairs and get another beer. So start. <laughs> out of boy. Okay. I, I feel. I, I feel bad for Ethan because this is one of those episodes where if it if if it were just me, I'd still be doing the nerding out because this is just one of those episodes. But I will give Mike a chance to get a beer and for the mash nerds to take a breather. How are we feeling about this episode so far, Ethan? Uh, yeah, we're about we're about a third of the way through it. We've met some of the extra characters that we get either long term or short term. How are we feeling? Where are we at? We're a third of the way through the episode. Where, where are we at? How are you feeling about this episode? It's definitely a departure from previous episodes. You know, it's, 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 I find it very unique. I find it in a different style, but I like it a lot better because a lot of the episodes, you know, the, uh, the, the scheme of week style, um, they take place over many days or hours or just a long length of time when this is just, you know, your average poker game in the swamp mm. and the, all the little threads. I, 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 I dig the setup so far. So I, again, we, we still have more than half the episode to go through, but we talked a little bit about it in the first episode he was in. How do we feel about uh, Dr. Friedman, Alan Arbus? 
Yeah, I hope oh. I didn't miss anything important. <laughs> Not really. Uh, Ethan, uh, what do you think? What do you think of Sidney Friedman so far? I, I I absolutely adore him, and you know, for uh, for a second, I thought he was the 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 guitar player from episode previous. They they are both <laughs> curly haired, mustached men. I will exactly, give you that. Yeah. That's a uh, um, Corey Fisher. I'm remembering that name. Yes, correctly. you are correct. Ah, it good. Is, my knowledge is being my retained. List to play around a Texas Hold'em with a psychologist because oh, that no. sounds so incredibly entertaining. Uh, I, I, I'll save, I'll save uh, Pat Morita. I'll save uh, Sam Pack when we get to the other, the other recurring character that we meet this episode. Oh, Sam Hork, <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah, all, all, all you missed was Ethan was mentioning that this episode is different in that it's not, it's not the schema week format, it and it doesn't take place over the course of several days. It's very, I don't know what the. It's not. It's, it's not like quite a bottle. A bottle. It's almost. It's, it's almost like, a bottle episode. Yeah, yeah, it's almost a bottle episode. There's not. It's it's weird because there are kind of like different storylines, but they're all related to the main storyline. So I mean, it's it's it's, it's very creative. These... It's very creative actually. It's not you know they. They use that deal me out format really well, where they're like, "Okay, Henry's Henry's gonna say deal me out." He goes and deals with his storyline. Hawkeye and Trapper mm-hmm. say deal me out. They deal with their storyline, and then they all kind of like come together at the end. But yeah, that's that's really a that's and a I like insight into it. I like the episodes of Mash that do this. For the, the other two yeah. that come to mind that have a similar layout to this is um oh, am I gonna say it's. I forget which one is which, but it's Deluge and OR. I can't remember. Yeah, no, which. you're right. Yeah, they're both kind of. They're both kind of. They're the almost yeah, the same right. episode, yep, but yes, they're yep. they're different. One one's early season. One's um, I believe it's season four. Yeah, season four. So it we it's a it's a Henry and a Colonel Potter are the yeah big. And they are they're, they're basically the same kind of thing where it's like one overarching event, uh, offshoots into different storylines. That are kind of related mm-hmm. to the to the main uh, event that's happening. And the the other episode that I think of is it happened one night where it's just Margaret and Hawkeye on post op duty, and there's yep. just other things happening in camp that kind of converge through post op. It's yep. I love those episodes. It's not some big, crazy life threatening situation or surgery or. Oh, it's like a know, day in the life of the. It's four just a day in the life. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Um. So back to Mr. Huang here. Uh, <laughs> I'm just watching him lay on the bed. Yeah. Uh, so Henry is inspecting him. Something appears to be wrong, but we're not <laughs> sure what. He has no obvious injuries. Well, he is older but, um, than Moses. <laughs> he is older than Moses. He's uh, seems very distressed and very um, rigid. <laughs> God. <laughs> hey man, this the actor gives it his all. I'll give him that. He I mean, gives he, it his all. He's emo- he, he's he is emoting. But it worked. I mean, it does work. I mean, I was watching it again. That's one of the things I always remember about this episode. I'm like, yeah. He kind of goes over the top. Mortis, that's rigor vivere. <laughs> yes. Um like, like he goes over the top, but I mean, I I get it. He, he makes it work. He does. And Henry, Hen- I love that Radar is pe- mortified at everything that's happening. And Henry's like, I don't know what's happening, but he's not dying. 
So I'm yes, I'm gonna, gonna go, go back, back to the, the Pokemon. Poker game. <laughs> Give me some X-rays and let me know what's going on. <laughs> like this no clearly isn't is an immediate radar. <laughs> yes, this That's... clearly isn't an immediate emergency. That really uh, cements the father-son relationship in my mind. All right, everyone alive? Cool. Um, we done here. I'm gonna yeah, go back to my definitely. buddies. Most definitely. I I had last last week. I was I said to my son, I'm like, uh, can you go like take the empty the trash upstairs in the bathrooms? And all I and I was in the other room, and all I hear is like a, a thump. It was an, an American thump. It wasn't a Korean thump. And he <laughs> had hit his head on like the counter or something because god forbid he would actually do like a chore and not hurt himself he had to get it get out of it somehow <laughs> but he hit his head and my wife is like oh my god he's I'm like is he bleeding is everything all right and she's like no he's there's no blood i'm like he's fine everything will be good let me know if like he passes out or starts vomiting he'll be he'll be okay and he turned out i mean he slept that night he didn't die in his sleep overnight so everything was fine yeah that's the kind of thing you sleep off head wounds <laughs> yeah, okay remember can yeah. sleep off your head wounds he has a very hard head. <laughs> <laughs> so we return to the poker game. And I love that despite this being only his second appearance, Dr. Friedman is clearly up to speed with Frank. Because Frank comes in and he says, oh, I see the conference is in full swing. And, and Sydney, without missing a beat, looks up and goes, hi, Frank, what's new up on the mount? Oh, just, it's I just, love it. Love it. <laughs> Read delivery... any good commandments lately? <laughs> yeah, and the fact that they gave those lines to Alan, sorry, Arbus, not yep. Alda. Yes, 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 yes. And, and uh, Pat Morita. Pat, yep. that's the moment where I'm like, yes, you kept, you kept Sydney. Give us more Pat. Give yes, us more yeah. Sam. Yeah. They could be Here's just, you could have easily given that to Hawkeye and Trapper, and I'm glad they didn't. Yeah. The the thing about Sydney is you can insult a man, you know, you can jab at a man. A psychologist could probably destroy you. Dude, I think <laughs> yeah, seriously. And you know what's funny? In future episodes, he does. He kind of really tears oh, apart a character thank one God. episode. <laughs> thank God. I, so I'd glad. love to help you, but with your schizophrenia, I'd have to charge you double is a double. line that comes out oh, of his mouth. Yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's so great. <laughs> But I mean, even with this, where they start when they say you never listed, did you, Klinger? And he starts telling the story about it's like when they when they came for me, I jumped into a a bathroom in Grand Central Station. It took them four dollars and nickels to get me out. All of I them love laughing. that we're getting Klinger lore. Klinger lore is like, my even favorite. Even in that, like it's funny, but you're getting ba- yeah, exactly. You're getting backstory about Klinger, and they're all like they're all laughing. And then when when. Frank says, like, uh, you know, you know, officers laughing about a draft dodger uh, <laughs> trying to, you know, dodge you in the arm while, while a real American lies bleeding in, in OR. It's like the transition is just great. Like, it's not like on the nose. And the, the, mm-hmm. it goes from them laughing to Hawkeye Trapper, you know, saying, like, who's bleeding and yeah. what's going yeah, on? Yeah, timeout. What's yeah. that? What'd you say, Frank? Yeah. <laughs> And, and and I love that Frank explains, you can't operate on a CIA man unless another one is present. Long pause. Sydney. That's crazy. Crazy. <laughs> just, just wait, what? Did you hear what you just said, Frank? Yeah. And are you okay with that? <laughs> and then and then after Frank tries to justify it, just uh, 
Captain Pack saying, you know, I lost a kid that way once. That's all yeah. it t- takes. It's just, hey, you guys just, probably need to deal with this. And I give it credit again, and I, I'm speaking as somebody who's seen, like, the whole series and is, like, a super fan. But, like, just, they're not, like, it, it's just so natural the way they're doing it, where they're mm-hmm. not, like, it's not highlighted, you know what I mean? It's, like, it's just so natural. It's, like, that, that's who these guys are. They work hard, and they play hard they party hard but when it comes to like when it comes down to saving lives you're like what's going on and you know and the way it says that he's like i lost a kid like that i mean they can be messing around and and making fun of frank and stuff but i mean when it comes down to it that's they're, they're all about like keeping these people alive and stuff like that and they're professionals and that's what, and when he says that he's like i lost a kid like that and yeah it's great i mean it's it's a little thing it's it's just something that's that I've always noticed. I love him. And the way he does it mm-hmm. too. He he's funny. And Pat Morita is so funny in this, but like you buy his character when he says that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, it's it's not said with any over dramatization. It's just, yeah. Yeah, yeah I've yeah. seen this before and it does not typically end well. Yeah. Like, oh well, that's all we need to know. Hmm. Um and we see that Hawkeye and Trapper do go and start surgery, and we see that uh, Frank's uh, precautions were not gonna work out. They, he was too injured. He was, yeah, I mean, uh, he bleeding, he's, bleeding he's, too profusely, he's drowning in his own blood. I think he says, right? Doesn't mm-hmm. he say he's like he's drowning in his own blood. Uh, and this so again, like with Mash, where uh, you know they, the, especially the network executives, they didn't want them to show the blood. But I mean, just saying that, like. How many, like, mm-hmm. you think about it, where it's, like, in sitcoms now, or even, like, back then, I mean, you would never, like, hear something like that, where it's, like, a guy's, like, drowning in his own blood, they're operating on him, because that, you know, he could die. And you don't, you know, it's it's mentioned around all the hilarity that's going on with the poker game and all this other stuff with, uh, with the Korean National and stuff, but, I mean, I mean, you think about that, it's, like, and... Like, like we said, I mean, Frank isn't so over the top now. He's not season four or five Frank. He's doing this because this is, he's somebody who follows the rules. So in his mind, it's like, well, I can't do this. And, you know, you, you can't see that being far off from certain people. I mean, I know, like, in working with stuff, and it's not like life or death, but, you know, you, I'm sure everybody knows people like that, where it's like, they need to follow the rules no matter what. And it's like, well, I mean, sometimes rules need to be bended or broken. Like, you know, I understand why rules are made, but sometimes you need to bend or break rules because the situation calls for it. And in something like this, it could be life or death. And yeah. again, it's not over-dramatized. And I, it's funny, too, because I notice where it's like, you know, they go and, they go and operate and, and Trapper's like, isn't Frank a pip? And I'm like, well, I mean, wouldn't you be like more angry about it if you, you know, you're basically, if you're saying like this guy's drowning in his own blood, wouldn't you be like, like, what's going on with this? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I just, I, it's very understated, but I just appreciate that about the writing of this episode. Speaking of season four and five, Frank, we do, he, he, he starts to lean that way in a little bit. <clears throat> he starts to get a little... A little excessively patriotic, but we will get there. I do like, um, though, Frank, we promise to keep saluting all during the operation. Yes. <laughs> uh, we get we get an up, update to Huang, which is good. Uh, nothing broken. Uh, but he, again, very much seems to be stiff. Uh, 
One thing I did and forget we, to mention, though, I like how Henry comes back in and he's like, deal me in when the oh, two yeah. of them leave. So that's, that's Deal a good us transition. out. Deal me in. Yeah. <laughs> but I love the bit of physical comedy we get here with uh, <laughs> Jerry Fujikawa, where Henry's manipulating him and he's just, you know, lift, 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 lift him up. He's stiff. Push him back down. Leg goes up. Push one leg down. Other leg goes up. And, and Ray... Radar is mortified. Henry's trying to justify what's going on. It's like, oh, it's hysterical trauma-induced paralysis. <laughs> that's your, yeah, that's it. I like how he's just mentioning it like it's like something yeah. like normal. As but again, they don't put like they don't. It's not like over the top. Like it's you yeah. know, it's just very natural. And we're skipping over like before that. You get to see the. Uh, he wasn't a special guest star by then because he wasn't famous, but ah yes, Mister the, the God, Mister John Ritter. And again, Mr. as a person, as a person of a certain age, I grew up like watching reruns of Three's Company. So love yes. him. So love him. So while while the stiff Korean is being stiff Korean, we transfer to Frank, who is with his wonderful bedside manner. <laughs> his just yep. wonderful bedside manner yes. of. Talking to Private Carter, who, as Mike mentioned, is played by John Ritter of Three's Company fame. Uh, Ethan, you, if you were not familiar with him from Three's Company, the only other thing I think you, I could say that you would recognize is, did you ever watch the uh, animated Clifford the Big Red Dog show or movies? Yeah, uh, when I was a child. That was the voice of Clifford. No um, kidding. No yes. kidding. John or Ritter was the, the voice of Clifford. Or the we 19- should Go ahead. take some vintage Clifford episodes and edit them so some of his lines from this episode no, come out of no, Clifford he should not. Mouth. I was going to say, no, or, the 19, or the 1990 adaptation of It by Stephen King, he was in also. That's right. I, yeah. did, not, I did not remember that. Huh. So you guys, you guys are younger than I am. So do you have like, did you watch Three's Company at all? I mean, did you know him from Three's Company? Or I no? didn't. I I can't say I know him from Three's Company. I've I mean, definitely he's seen like, episodes he's of Three's like Company. So leg- yeah, he's so legendary that you just know. Even if you've never seen like, if you've never watched Three's Company, you probably know who John Ritter is. So yeah, I he I recognize him as an actor for sure. Yeah, he's in 172 episodes of Three's Company as Jack. Good Tripper. Lord. Yep. Jack Tripper. Uh, <laughs> uh, this is, uh, to no one's surprise, his one and only appearance in MASH. <laughs> Surprising nobody. But uh, we can see he is in distress very clearly. Is this our first battle fatigue case in the show? I'm trying to remember. I think it if is. Had, right? I, I yeah, I'm trying think, to think too. Because I know we've had... No, Sometimes you hear the bullet. That wasn't battle fatigue. That was Ron Howard being a child. Um, yeah. yeah, this is our first. This is our first battle fatigue uh, wild card. Throw Sidney Friedman in the ring episode. Yeah, uh, and I kind of love that. But yeah, we get to see a very, very basic and simple portrayal of battle fatigue, but still, I think tastefully done. Uh, yeah, they don't go. They don't go over the top. I think. They don't go over top, but in, in, in a way, it's good, especially as their first. They're going to do a lot of episodes touching on this in different aspects. But for our first one, it's clear he's distressed. It's clear he does not want to go back to combat. And I, I always got the sense that there's a lot more going on that we don't know. 
be- yeah, because definitely. we don't. There's no reason we get to find out. He doesn't explain it to us. He doesn't explain it to a character. It's no. It's I obvious. think I think a yeah. later season, uh, Sydney type of episode. This would have been like the A plot line with John. Yeah, Wayne, and you yeah. would have had something like, much like minor. yep, much like Quovatis or a Sid. I, the the Sydney adjacent episode because Sydney's not actually in it physically. Uh, Bill Fold syndrome. Yep, it would have been yeah. much more of an A plot situation. Mm-hmm. But uh, but I do like the Frank line. Like don't 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 think that it's all in, or it's all in your head, but don't get the idea that it's psychological. And Frank, Frank is doing, because again, this is the one argument you could make to the military of the time. Like, hey, if you're going to put the people who are not fans of your policies anywhere, put them in the hospitals so that they can like the worst, the worst place for someone for Frank to be doing what Frank is doing right now is to a soldier who is terrified for his life, who is sitting in a hospital after being wounded at the front. Worst possible spot for Frank to try to be all gung ho. Although Worst. I do love, I do love the you know just get them in the crosshairs and blast away. And all guys like Fort Sumner been fired upon. <laughs> yeah, Frank has no. Frank is the worst version of what Ron Howard's character thought. Yes. Yep. Coming. Frank Frank is Ron, Frank is uh Walter. His name is Walter, right? Wendell so. or Walter? Wendell, yeah, it was Wendell. I think it was Wendell. Yeah. Yeah, Wal- Walter's his brother, Wendell. Yeah. yeah. Wendell Wendell without intervention from Hawkeye or seeing combat firsthand would have become Frank. Like, oh, you know, Thank like, God there's not people like yes. that nowadays. Oh no. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> yeah. What what does Larry Linville say in that same interview that they, they use in everything? Uh luckily luckily there are very few Frank Burns in the world in the world. And if you know a Frank Burns, run. Run. <laughs> run. <laughs> yeah, but uh Frank has zero bedside manner. Uh, uh he uh, berates Trapper and Hawkeye for operating on the CID man. Uh, oh, I do. I, that is one of my favorite lines in MASH. It's one of my which, favorite scenes, actually. The way he is, like, so snidely when he's like, you did it, didn't you? You, you operated on the CID man. And the way Hawkeye just says, you know, we decided to save his life for kicks. I love, I wish I could be that glib to the assholes that I have to deal with mm-hmm. on a daily basis. Yes. I love it. That's why and I admit I love that's why Hawkeye is like my hero. It's because I wish I could be that witty and glib and brave with just the annoying people that I have to deal with. And that all of us have to deal with on a daily basis. I I love it. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh and I love that that Frank hits him back with, Well, I wouldn't want to be in your shoes, but this thing hits the fan. And Trapper just goes, Oh, you're a big fan hitter, aren't you, Frank? <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what. Great Trapper episode. Understated Trapper episode. This is This is the type of episode that I think Wayne Rogers thought he was signing up for, where mm-hmm. yeah, Hawkeye gets a couple lines, but he, Trapper and Hawkeye are very much equals in this episode. Yes. They're very much partners. Trapper is not his sidekick or tag-along. They're very much partners. And I wish, as a fan of Trapper, I wish he, there were more episodes like this in the first yeah. three seasons, where he gets to be an equal to Hawkeye. So, Thank yeah, you, Mike. It great. means a lot to hear somebody else say that. 
Ah, oh, you are welcome, <laughs> my friend. I, 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 you and I, we are we are Trapper stands. I, I love Trapper. Amen. <laughs> Man, I'm really not going to enjoy pulling Ethan through season four, aren't I? Um, four, I don't know, though, because season four, it's funny, because as a Trapper fan, season four is quite possibly my favorite season. Even though I love Trapper, season four might be my favorite season. But we'll get to that when we get to we'll that. Get Hopefully, to that. I'll still yeah, be let's, get through, let's get through this season. Hopefully, I'll let's still be invited get... to tell you why. <laughs> no. Oh boy. Um, uh, sensing sensing that there are doctors that are a little more sane than Frank. Uh, Private Carter makes a plea that he doesn't want to go back, and Frank, ever tactful, shut up or I'll have you shipped out tonight, Frank. Oh, and even boy. even Hawkeye and Trapper, like, hey, Frank. Yeah. And I love the the trope of Frank getting called out for something and having no idea that what he did is wrong. Yep. Do- doctors, <laughs> medicine, compassion, remember? <laughs> and then we get the 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 announcement uh but that, where oh, I'm sorry. I was going to say that's what makes yeah. him a great like and I do I'm doing air quotes like villain. That yes. Frank he doesn't re- like it's not he doesn't realize he's being that way. Where he comes from, he has his own practice. He's used to people listening to him and not questioning him. Mm-hmm. So and he's used to being the smartest and again air quotes person in the room. He's not a, he's not a terrible doctor. He's just he's somebody he's somebody also put in a situation where he's put in a crazy situation just like Hawkeye and Trapper, but he deals with it differently. Whereas they can... Yeah, whereas they can process it and say, like, okay, I know these are the rules, but you know what? Sometimes these rules need to be broken. He can't. And so he's not the... He's not an evil person. He's just... He's a person we meet, like I said, every day of our lives, where it's just like, all right, you know, I have to deal with this person, but yeah, I'll get through it. Except that they're dealing with him, and it's life and death, unfortunately. Yeah, for the, again, there's so much to unpack with Frank as we go through the oh, rest yeah. of the show. But... And we will. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I feel like uh, Hawkeye and Trapper would have intervened a little more here, but they are interrupted uh, <laughs> by the uh, announcement... Well, Dr. Pierce and McIntyre, please return to the conference. They need your money. <laughs> uh, they after excuse you, themselves. Yes, after you, Dr. Pierce, after you, Dr. McIntyre. Uh, we get we get more poker, and it's again, it's just casual poker. I love uh, Pat Morita. You like to take a look at my whole card, Gringo? <laughs> I, I I don't know why I love that line so much, but I, he delivers it so well. Um, yeah, he does. I mean, because it's, it's again, it's like when you're around friends, you're just fucking around. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. that's just how it is. And I do like this also because I think it's one of the few times in the series or in the three seasons that he's with us that you actually see Trapper win a hand of of poker because yes. he never wins. Even like in the beginning of this episode, I think he like doesn't he immediately fold and on the first uh, literally the first... literally looks yeah. at his cards and folds <laughs> El Foldo. <laughs> uh i've absolutely done this during poker games did i hit the straight two three four five uh, that's great yeah <laughs> <laughs> just the disappointment of 
because straight the straight in poker is one of my most least favorite hands because it's that it's literally the most gambly ha- gambler's gambling hand of poker in my mind because it's like my brain sees sequential numbers. I only need one more. Surely one of these cards will be it. I'm sure if I just keep putting money on the table, I'll get a six. Please? No? Okay. I think I've lost probably 40% of all the money I've lost in poker chasing a straight. Chasing a straight, yep. Cause, and, I, and I think, yeah. 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 Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Anyway. But everybody freeze because I think I just saw. I love (laughs) this line. I've done it. I've done it at camp. I've done it just to fuck with people. Hold it. Everybody freeze. What's the matter? One of those sandwiches just moved and everyone turns and leans (laughs) in and looks at the tray of sandwiches. That is such a great. That is why I love this podcast, because I am I am not the only person who uses mash lines in real life. and People don't understand what I'm talking about. I kind of want, you know, the dogs playing poker uh-huh. painting. I kind of want them all staring toward the camera framed. I kind of love it. As long as we can show Trapper holding an ace with his toes. No. Like the original. Absolutely. Absolutely on, not. No. Please. Give him his no. Trapper. Come on. He's only got a season and a half left. You, you have a drawing tablet any. now. Make it happen. Um... <laughs> We then get to meet. Yes. <laughs> the CID man that Frank sent for from HQ. Oh, I can't wait. <laughs> Captain Halloran, played by Ed Winters. Edward Winters. I wonder if we'll see him again. Or Edward Winter. It's not plural. One winter, not multiple. Um, but I don't think I can stand another winter. Lots, <laughs> lots of... Oh, I completely forgot to mention this. Pause on Edward Winters. No. Do you know that going back to uh, uh, Jerry Fujikawa, our stiff Korean uh, ancient uh, charm man? Um, do you know what movie? Yes, guy who <laughs> fell off the charm bracelet. Do you know what movie he was also in? Hmm. No, but I bet you're going to tell us. <laughs> <laughs> he is in. <laughs> The tour, uh, tour, tour. I, oh. <laughs> no, not Tor Ah, he is in. I gotta find it because I want to get the date. Oh, where are you? Oh, why can't I find it? No, so no, angry. No, no, oh, here it is. Here it is. 1978, starring Harry Morgan and McLean Stevens. Oh, oh the, the, the cat from outer space. <laughs> <laughs> he is also in the cat from outer space. This is the third time. It has come cinematic up. masterpiece. So help me God, if I have to watch this movie, <laughs> you are no, podcast, no. I'm going to shoot myself. Look on the bright side. You, we aren't going to watch it till at least season four because we need to at least meet Harry Morgan first. We are absolutely watching the Cat from Outer Space. We have like to, five or six years till then. <laughs> I'll promise you this: once it, we in the same year that we watch Cat from Outer Space, we'll do the Easy Rider episode to make okay, up you've for got it. A How deal. about that? Thank you. Ah, <laughs> there you go. And like we, still have, we still Everything's have to watch easy. uh we still have to watch uh uh Bonzo goes to college and um well, there's another movie we already watch. Yes, yeah, something. Uh, yeah. I do I do uh, want to watch yeah. the the first Bonzo movie because the oh, concept absolutely. of the concept of Ronald Reagan on screen with a chimp is <laughs> I need to watch it. 
I honestly thought those were fake movies. And they're not. <laughs> but anyway, back to Edward Winter. Uh, lots, again, very similar to this conversation. <laughs> very similar to a lot of the actors we've seen on Match. Lots of one or two parts in various TV shows. Um, lots of bit parts in some movies. His top IMDb credits are honestly things I don't uh, immediately recognize. But that's because I'm a child. Um... <laughs> To give you again, Sweet this is this is the problem <laughs> of of the four main things that he's credited for. Mash is one of them, which makes which you already tells you it's going to be difficult. He is in an episode of The Greatest American Hero. No, I do not need to yeah. hear the theme song again. Yes, Ethan. Um, <laughs> bad. Believe it or not. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I never thought I could feel so free. <laughs> I That's still it. have the sound clip from the episode where Ethan sang it, so I guess I'm putting it in here. Um, but now we have to have an important. Yes, we Ethan, do. we need to have an important discussion. Okay, uh, let's have an important. You discussion. can go. To the and when I say <laughs> when I say we, I mean uh, <laughs> Mike and I. Oh, okay, so, fine. I'll just you know. no, no, no. This is important for how we are going to discuss a future character that we meet at the end of the, it. Do we meet him in this Mid season? No, yeah, at the end of season, the last episode of season two. Last episode of season two. That's right. That's yes. Right. Um, so and possibly later, <laughs> we are introduced to Edward Winter as Captain Halloran from the CID. Yes. This is Edward Winter's first of seven Mash episodes. He will be in future MASH episodes as another character. And while the he's wind. playing that... <laughs> yes, the wind. Um, <laughs> he... In one of those episodes, he speaks to Dr. Friedman and says, we played poker together once. Yes, he does. The only other episode where both Alan Arbus and Edward Winters are on screen is this episode, and they do play poker together. So... And again, nope. bringing up nope. continuity and no prizes and stuff. I mean, let's let's cut let's let's cut to the let's cut to the chase. Mike, he is, he's is Colonel this Flag. Colonel Flag? He's yes, Colonel Flag. It's Colonel okay. Flag. It's Colonel Flag. This is Colonel Flag. In um, my head canon, yes, it's Colonel Flag. I think about, so. This how, is what, absolutely. How about you? Absolutely, Halloran is absolutely one of his cover names. So, Ethan, yes, it's we are Flag. going to meet. We are going to meet a a. I say another character. We're going to see Captain Halloran again, but his real name is Colonel Flag, and he is a batshit crazy <laughs> uh, <laughs> army army intelligence officer. And one of the, behind Sidney Friedman, probably the second most famous and loving character yeah. on that. Yes. So that's why we need to clarify, are we going to go forward with the assumption that this is Colonel Flag under aliens? I will say yes. Especially because he in that episode, he specifically says, we played poker once. Yes. And it's season four when Larry Gelbart was still writing for the show. So, And I think he writes, I think he wrote Quobot as Captain Chan. Possibly. No, no, no. Okay. He didn't, but he still... He was still the, you know, the, he was still running he, the show. He had the so, authority to make that yes, continuity yes. decision. So okay. that's why I say, yes, they're the same character. And that's just me. If anybody else out there listening right now wants to, in their own head, can say that they're not, that's fine. I'm, I'm not going to be the one to say Literally the next time we see Halloran him. Literally the next time we see him. Halloran is flag. 
literally the next time we see him, he goes to Henry and says, my name's Colonel Flag." And Henry goes, Colonel Flag," And he literally flips through a Rolodex of fake aliases. It's <laughs> like, I would be, you know what would be funny? If in one of the later episodes, one of them is Halloran and we no one caught it. Yeah. Now I'm going to have to be watching every Flag episode. But yeah. Really? Um, and for me, it makes Flag's character even better. Because in this episode, he's like semi, he's almost normal. Yes, like, he's not super over the top. He's I f- I feel yeah. like he gets crazier with each appearance. <laughs> yeah, he does. He gets yes, which says yeah. something about army intelligence. But anyway, and also says something about the show. I mean, he's very understated in this episode, but still very funny. In, mm-hmm. in at the end of season two, and you guys will talk about it. He it's he's funny again, but it's not like super over the top. In Covatis. He's it's a little, be, yeah. It's starting to, but but still, I mean, it's used in a way to kind of um, expose the. I think know, he, like, I think he starts to get actually crazy during um, the abduction of Margaret. Who yes, <laughs> that's that's and really then, when and it then starts, by it's still funny, but it starts to get a little. It starts to when, get a little. When does, when's his last episode? It's relatively. I know. I, I know the last episode. It's rel. It's relatively. It's not as far into the seat end of the show as I I will say the last episode I think it's season seven so it's with Winchester and it's funny because when it's you literally that, called rally round the flag yeah when you watch <laughs> that last episode he's kind of his he's character has, can, has kind of outgrown what the show had become by then where mm-hmm. it works with season one through five but by season seven the show had started to lean way more toward reality and uh more dramedy so like his type of character just did not work with the show anymore so it's a i mean it's mm-hmm. a good episode but you can kind of tell like it's like it just it doesn't work anymore but he is perfect for the first five seasons and the way yeah. that the, you know the comedy that the show is trying to convey so we say all that to say <laughs> that we we go off on that 10 minute tangent <laughs> that yes this is captain this is Quotation mark, Captain Halloran, quotation yes. mark. Yes, yes. <laughs> Ethan, did you write all that down? No, 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 no. Okay. No. <laughs> he was in the bath. He was in the no. bath. No. He was in the bathroom. <laughs> but uh, Captain Captain Halloran says that uh, he, he starts quizzing Major Burns saying, okay, well, did they operate on him? Yeah. Were you in the room with him? No. Why? I don't like to be around when rules are broken. <laughs> <laughs> Such like a thing. You know, you know who Frank reminds me of, and I don't know if you'll you'll appreciate this reference, uh, Mike. Ethan, did you ever watch the the Recess uh, Schools Out TV show? Uh, I watched or the mo- it or any of the movies. You you compared me to one of the characters. <laughs> I compared Ethan to TJ. Um, uh, there's a character in that show that's literally like the Rat Fink. He's has to be modeled off Frank. He's literally the kid that goes and reports to the like the teacher or the yard duty what the what the kids are getting up to at you know that episode. Yeah, I think and we've all that, I think we've all known such, a prank in our lives. That's such a like playground, not bully, but like the kid that's teacher's pet will tell on you. Like I don't like to be around because sure. rules are broken. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I love that. Uh, Captain Halloran, quotation mark, quotation mark. Um, <laughs> man, I, I I regret not sticking to my Alan Arbus praise be unto him. 
like I started with. <laughs> I, I, I was going to make that a thing, and I just didn't have the energy tonight. I'm I'm realizing, but uh, I love that I love that uh, Captain Halloran slash Colonel Flag is not. He he's kind of figured out Frank at the moment. Like intelligence is something I try to avoid. I can see that. I can see. That. <laughs> like, <laughs> He's much more measured in the in yeah, first yeah, episode. Yeah, he is. Yes, he is. He's a lot more grounded. He's the Christopher but, Nolan. He's the Christopher Nolan uh, Captain <laughs> Colonel Flag. But he's we do. Grounded. I do. If there's one thing I can point to to say this is this. If there's still someone out there that says this isn't Colonel Flag, he's a different character. It's like when Harry Morgan played blah blah blah. No, yeah. There is there is one line delivery that if this isn't Colonel Flag, <laughs> I will eat my hat. It's uh. It's when he says, I want a reliable MP with a pad and a pencil sitting next to him all the time. It's like the, that delivery is yeah, Colonel Flag. Yeah, like the yeah. way, the, 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 the cadence of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's so good. And then Frank gets weird. Uh, you people really <laughs> do know a lot of secrets, don't you? Yes, we do. Stuff about about the war and the commies and the things they do to women that won't talk. <laughs> Cur- he looks around the room, rolls his eyes and goes... Yep. <laughs> well, you know why Frank was saying that. As you've noticed, there is no Margaret in this episode. Frank, there is, is no Margaret in this episode or in Incubator. Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, Frank is Frank is he? Yeah, you know, he's he's feeling he's a it. little. He's starved. He's he he's needs starved, he's yes. needing attention. Yes, he is. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I love this. Lights out! Stuff it, Major! Throws bedpan. Uh, oh, uh, he's, he's pretending to be violent. Good imitation. <laughs> I love it. I love it. really can't it, hold it, it against it, somebody who wants to throw a bedpan at Frank. No. Uh, let's see. They're playing... Okay, they are playing five-card stud. I've not played five-card stud in a long time. But, uh... We get back to the poker game. <clears throat> uh, and is it Hawkeye? I, I have it muted, but I have the subtitles. Is it Hawkeye they ask? What's, what's the psychiatric basis for gambling? Yeah, Hawkeye. Hawkeye asked them, yep. And I love how, much like Ethan said, Freudian psychology, what's the psychiatric basis for sex? Doesn't even look up from his cards. Sex. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> it just goes, it, it just illustrates why he would be perfect to be in the cast. I mean, but then... To kind of throw it, gamble, to throw it drink. in Ethan's face, though, he says, to, to throw it in Ethan's face, he's like, I don't know, they told me you said it. Just say it. They told me to Sex is why we gamble, sex is why we drink, sex is why we give birth. And then I love this, thank you, doctor, I'm taking a $5 chip. That was a house call. <laughs> <laughs> I love Sydney. Um. It's just amazing because I'm watching along also on mute and I just paused it and there are eight minutes left in this episode and this episode in a good way feels like it's like two hours. There's so much yeah, in it's it so and it's good. so funny that you don't even realize it's like 20, whatever, what, 24, 25 minutes. I mean, there's so much going on and it's like, oh my God, there's only like eight minutes left. I can't believe it. And I love, I, so Frank comes in with Captain Halloran. There they are. Those are the two. Pierce mm-hmm. McIntyre. Yep. You two are under arrest. And I love Henry. Whoa. <laughs> <Wait>. <laughs> yep. 
Yeah, but you know what? I'll well, give I will give Henry credit because as much as we say like, oh, well, you know, he's not like a great CEO. I mean, he picks them up. You know, he says like, you know, I need to know why these two are being arrested for whatever. I'm sure he by this time he's used to like people saying they're going to arrest the uh, Hawkeye and Trapper. But I mean, at least, he, you know, he's not like, OK, I mean, he'll he'll stand up for them. He, he knows mm-hmm. that if they're doing something, they're doing it for a reason. Yeah, nobody arrests them without telling me the whys, the wherefores, and the reasons thereofs. <laughs> and and again, it shows that it shows yeah. he's a good doctor. I mean, when they, I mean, Trapper says to him, you know, he, he, he the patient would have died. I mean, he says to them, like, did you really do that? And Trapper says the patient would have died. And I mean, I think he, you know, he realizes they they did this for a reason. Mm-hmm. And I, again, and, like Hawkeye says, Henry. Frank was too Fra- chicken. Frank, to who operated on, who learned medicine under General Rama, was General too chicken Rama. to operate. <laughs> he was afraid, while under anesthesia, he would give away Harry Truman's hat size. <laughs> and again, that's why I, I understand why people say, "Well, it's not really flag," because he's way too uh, understanding with this whole thing. I think flag in uh, later seasons and episodes would have just uh, automatically thought they were communists but i mean in this one and again it's it's very uh in the earlier seasons i think not, you know the the writing tended more toward the realistic in a way so the he's more understated in that he understands that okay he believes them when they say that they that there was yeah nothing to give and away. this this is getting a little in the weeds and we we can probably we we'll, should probably save this for a deeper dive when we get into the later seasons. But I think what you said there is poignant. The early seasons are realistic in a sense. And I think that's more like the person to person interactions yep. are a little more realistic. But the later seasons get more of the. How do I work? Not plot, but like the. Uh, the mil- the the like realities of what is going on Mm -hmm. a little more realistic even though some of the character interactions are maybe simplified or dumbed down or a little more sitcom-y they're a little more realistic with the with the serious stuff than the it's it's again it's that comedy drama comedy drama scale that the show not struggles with but has to work with and and Mm -hmm. one seat the one one era did it one way one era did it another and we do not have time to go further into it. <laughs> but uh, I love that once flag or flag, sorry, uh-huh. Captain Halloran, once Captain Halloran Brilliant starts getting the details. <laughs> yeah. Once Captain Halloran gets the details, he's like, wait a minute. Can these men be trusted? Absolutely. What about her? She's my wife. Right. That's a love very it. interesting joke, Sam. <laughs> The very interesting joke, Sam. Thanks for seeing me, Sydney. <laughs> Throws him a five dollars. And again, it's, it's just it's just a, like a little aside, but it's so funny. <laughs> and as soon as as soon as uh, Halloran realizes that, literally, there's no reason for him to be here. He's slightly annoyed at Frank, <laughs> but I in true it. fashion, in true fashion, they just say, "Well, if." If you're interested, the the blue ones are five, the red ones are ten, and the whites are fifty. Or, or the reds are one, and f- the white ones are fifty cents. Deal me in. Deal me in. And, and again, Frank's just kind of at a loss. Uh, again, one of the greatest, best lines and line readings of the whole series when he says, "It's amazing. Everybody is corrupted when they come in here." And Hawkeye just says, 
Hurry up, Frank. The good ship lollipop, to, lollipop, ship lollipop is, left. is leaving. Oh, I'm using that in my day to day life now. I'm, I, uh, I, I, I'm gonna uh, make a point of it. Yeah, when it it, whenever great. someone's being too sanctimonious, just yes, the good ship exactly. lollipop. Is oh, it's just like again, like it, you don't even have to say it, like cutting. It's not like a cutting barb. It's just, but it just like gets to the underlying, the underlying just idea of frank where he's just like and again because you know the character too because it's like it's fake sanctimony because he's somebody mm -hmm. who's cheating on his wife and is a cheating on his taxes and a terrible and a terrible doctor and just like you know <laughs> it's hilarious i just love the way the line is read and it's just great timing it's amazing I, <laughs> and it's true like too <laughs> yeah much like you said there's five minutes left in this episode and we still have a gunfight yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. I, I still can't believe there's that still to happen in the episode. Yep. Um, I would like to acknowledge that Trapper is drinking a martini with like six olives in it out of an Erlenmeyer flask with a surgical tube straw. I just, I need to point that out. Um, and then another great line delivery, possibly one of my favorite, which is a high praise for Edward Winters in this series. Hey, up close, you're a guy. Far away too. <laughs> yeah, it's one of the most it's yeah, one of the most famous great... lines ever. Yeah. <laughs> oh no. Uh, Radar comes in and explains that uh, Mr. Wang is apparently doing much better, and says if you give him fifty bucks, he won't report this incident to the MPs. Which, wow, how convenient and nice of him. That's amazing. Um, <laughs> And again, where I was saying that it would be nice to have Captain Pack as a recurring character when we get some of the more uh, Korean national heavy episodes, we get Colonel Pack chimes in, Corporal, this little <laughs> old man, is he in anywhere between 550 and 200 years old? Looks like he fell off a charm bracelet. <laughs> he said he said he'd, he'd, he wouldn't report you if you gave him the money, right? Well, you know who you got here, Henry? The famous Whiplash Wang. <laughs> but I like it, too, when he's when Hawkeye says to him, it's kind of pathetic, it, right? And he's like, yeah, but, I, and again, like, it, they, they're not putting, like, an exclamation point on it, but, I mean, I'm sure this kind of stuff happened. I mean, you don't think about it when you're going but, into another country and well, disrupting people's lives. Where... But this <laughs> is what I... have been going oh, go on ahead, since go ahead. the dawn yeah. of time. Like, like, I, yeah. And, you know, they're, they're, they're lucrative. You, yep. I, pros, like professionals, can get hit by a car going up to 25 miles per hour without serious injury. Yep. There, there is a technique to it. <laughs> and I'll teach all of our listeners about it on How to Con, the Wilson Way. It's our Next, Patreon on the, exclusive. On the in the Patreon, <laughs> Patreon, Patreon exclusive. <laughs> How? If that doesn't get people joining, I don't know what will. <laughs> Followed by the Frank's Burns, Frank Burns tax method, how you can succeed. <laughs> um, no, but I. this is what I love and why I wish Ca uh, Captain Pack, because there is, if you, much like, in a way, similar to Frank, if you grew up in America and didn't have a war being fought outside your front door, Hawkeye's state ministry, it's, it's kind of pathetic. It's like, why would you do that? And But sam puts it into context yeah it's like yeah, yeah it is in a way but he was a farmer before the war and now this is how he makes money and yeah yeah he had to hit the, the road literally literally <laughs> he had to hit the road literally <laughs> but 
He, I do like does, that where 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 Halloran says I can run him in. And he's like, maybe you will on the way home. Maybe you will on the way home. But <laughs> that's that's what I appreciate about the two episodes we get with uh, Captain Pack is that he puts some of this. Yeah, he he like, gives that he gives he gives that context, yep. like because I think his I don't know that we get a whole lot of his background, but just from some of the things he said, it seems like he's a Korean national, got educated, went to clearly the states, Berkeley yep. for his medical training and then came back to his home country yep. so he is he is more educated and more world traveled than his most of his countrymen so he's he's playing he's it's that double-edged sword of i know why hawkeye and these guys are confused but i also understand why Wang is doing what he's doing because yeah. he has to but that again i wish we got more sam we, we get him for one more episode at least but Oh well. An, epi- an episode. <laughs> an episode. I hope to have our uh, favorite half Korean uh, in the world, a Tyler, on again. He joined us for the Moose way back when. Nice. Whoop, whoop. So, yeah. Um, but I do like how they all uh, chip in for radar. Yeah, they all chip in. So again, and so I do like plat- I do like Trapper when he says, "What happened, kids?" Like I I do like you know they make beginning of the episode they do make fun of him, but you know that Hawkeye and Trapper care. Yeah, so it's a good relationship. Um, side note: inflation, Whiplash Wang's uh leasing radar for about five hundred and fifty dollars in today's <laughs> money. <laughs> so they all chi- they all approximately chipped in about a hundred bucks in today's oh. money. Um. Wait, no, Listen, Anthony, no, I... no. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. What's the? Inf- I think I did that math wrong. What's the inflation rate? Like 11%? There's a calc- or, uh, 11 percent. Uh, yeah. Didn't something. we talk about math before this episode started? I yeah, yeah, this is why I don't. <laughs> I think it's actually way more. Hang on. <laughs> <laughs> Hang on. I think it's actually way more than that. <laughs> Hang on. We're g- we need to find out because if anything, we are sticklers for we won't discuss the dates of what's going on in MASH, but we by no. hell will discuss the God, money. No. God no. Five hundred and seventy-nine dollars and thirty-four cents. Okay, so I, my math was right. It's 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 five fifty plus. Okay. Anthony, can I can I just can can we have an aside, friend to friend, longtime friend to longtime friend? <laughs> if you hit a Korean national with your Jeep, you're not giving no me a hundred bucks. No way in hell am I kicking in a hundred bucks. That's on you. <laughs> e- either go out and finish the job, or I don't know, rob a bank. That but. Like that—that's between you and God at that point. As a Patreon, I do say you can go into the Patreon money if you need to take it. I—I <laughs> I, I have no problem with it. Good. Our our board of directors has given me permission to use company funds. Good. Good. <laughs> um, now we just have to find a Korean national to hit. Yeah. Like... <laughs> oh no! This is not. We're not Who's hitting the, the guy Korean that national. That just... Gangnam Style song. No. No. Voice. I'm sure somebody hit him with a car. Really, of all the Koreans in the world, that's the one you want to hit with a car? There's no other, maybe slightly more <laughs> yeah, closer seriously. to the North Pole Korean you want to hit no with other, a car? There's no, no other. Nobody else on the Korean Peninsula. Korean no no one else comes to mind. Uh, I don't think anyone has inflicted as much human suffering. <laughs> I'm going to pull the clip from like 10 episodes ago where you said Korea wasn't a real place. <laughs> I can't remember what episode, but I remember you said it. Um, so they all chip in for radar. Um, uh, they've been going for it, it started at six. 
p.m. It's now 2.30 a.m., according to Sydney. Um, uh, there's suddenly gunfire. They said, was that gunfire? It's 2.30 in the morning. Uh, maybe there's an after hours war around here. And I, I, I didn't catch this the very first time I ever watched this episode, but the reason they all duck is because around takes out Frank's little shelf behind yeah. Sydney. Yep. <laughs> so there are, there are rounds of flying. Uh, they all dive down and we, uh, Sydney front and center. I'm not going out there without a bulletproof couch. <laughs> One of the best lines. In Great line series. read. There are. One of. So many great lines in this. One of I mean, the dumbest iconic lines in this series. One of the dumbest camera shots, but oh, also yeah, yeah, yeah. one <laughs> of my favorite of the entire show <laughs> is Klinger's hat and glasses yeah. over the edge of the table. He pops up, looks around, pops back. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie to you though. Like the way like we know his backstory <laughs> as like uh you know, he was with the shiftier people. people yeah, the, he is Toledo. a street, street kid of I Toledo. Like that yeah. A lot of them look scared. He looks more like, okay, something's going on. Let's they, assess. Like, <laughs> yes, let's assess. You know what I mean? But yes, it's great. Where you just see the, um, <laughs> the sunglasses and he pops up. Meanwhile, at the other <laughs> end of the table, okay, the first thing people do in a situation like this is panic. Hawkeye, good, I'm doing it in the I'm right order. <laughs> <laughs> the contrast of Klinger, the Aladdin of Toledo, to Hawkeye, I haven't left my hometown until I was drafted. But again, I love oh, that, no. where he's like, me, one bullet, and, and Trapper, again, where he says, anything you put in him, we got to take out. It, mm -hmm. And it's very understated, but it, and, you know, I would love to, I am, I will admit, I am... I lean more toward the side of bleeding heart liberal, and I will say that I lean that way because I watched MASH as a kid, mm -hmm. and because I like Hawkeye. I would love yeah. to say that I would be the person who says who would say that, the way Trapper does. I would love to be that way. I don't know if I would <laughs> if I was in that situation, but I appreciate the sentiment. I will say that. But, but even then, it's not it's not overdramatic. It's not, exactly. no, you're not going to shoot him. Yes. It's, hey, exactly. let's not overcomplicate this. Yes. Exactly. We, we yep. do not need to escalate there quite yet. Yes. Yep. Whereas, whereas I agree, I, I have a lot of the beliefs and thoughts that I do from watching MASH, but there are also other times in MASH where I yeah. go, you, I love the sentiment, but yeah. based on the situation you're in, yeah. Maybe not right now. Gentlemen, like, yeah. gentlemen, 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 there is a bigger oh, no. picture here that you are not seeing. I swear to God, if you say something about John Moses Browning, I'm going to reach through this computer and... Oh, God, he's excited about the 1911s. It's actually the same uh, gun used between uh, both scenes. <laughs> like, they just use the same gun. They yeah, used I literally... Halloran oh, yeah. and Carter are using the exact same prop gun? Yeah. How do you figure that out? Uh, so on the bottom, uh, the bottom half, Jesus the bluing Christ. is kind of rubbing off. Uh -huh. First of all, it's a short term barrel. <laughs> it's not like a I so wish, barrel length. I wish the people could see could see what I'm seeing. Right, <laughs> a season and a half of watching this show. He's picking up on things, not the things I want him to, but you know what I. I'm here for it. He's picking up on things. Listen here, you <laughs> son of a bitch. 
John Moses Browning did not die upon that cross on that hill called Galvary for you to sit there and disrespect <laughs> the invention that has single-handedly led us into the modern age. Mike and I, yeah, I think MASH gave us some liberal tendencies. Ethan, guns! <laughs> See, we keep everything in balance here on this. <laughs> I mean, can I say, okay, one bill, bullet, just don't use the gun. One bullet, don't use the gun. There we go. <laughs> I mean, a forty-five caliber handgun round in its casing, that's not a small... That's like throwing a decent-sized glass or steel marble at someone. That could do some damage, actually. But... So, Private Carter has blown his top as a radar so Yeah, as radar so... Eloquently puts it. Eloquently, yeah. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> Hey, it gets the message across. Um, to be fair, uh, takes Frank hostage in the shower because Frank, in his mind, is the one that's going to send him back to the place he doesn't want to go. So, Frank, you brought this on yourself. I blame you completely. Um, <laughs> but I will give I will give credit, like, according to Forrest for Larry Lindell, where mm -hmm. it never... Uh, his comedic timing and performance never undermines the tension in the scene. It's mm -hmm. perfectly balanced. It really is. It's perfectly balanced. He stays within his character, and you still buy it. It never falls into farce or too much mm -hmm. silliness with him. It's just he keeps he stays in character. And he mm -hmm. it's like perfect for him. He's a weasel. And that's, he's still I, trying to weasel his way out of it, even at gunpoint. <laughs> mm -hmm. Even, even, at, even, I would also like to point out John Ritter in this scene. He's doing a good job of, this is clearly a kid having a, ta a tantrum who is stressed. Like, yes. he's an adult man, but just the way he's saying things, it's like, he's clearly, we don't, we don't need to know what happened or what set him into, I'm terrified, I don't want to go back. But we don't need to, based on his. Yeah. We, it, we don't need it explained because we can see very clearly something's going on that we. Yeah, don't, he doesn't don't play know. it over the top, and he doesn't play uh, to the cliches of it. I give John Ritter credit. Very. So yeah, I, I have, I have absolutely done this. Uh, either not exactly, but close to this next Frank line, we get. Yo, oh, Frank, yeah. you okay in there? I'll be playing games with, uh, like I, a, a first-person shooter game with Ethan or other friends and i'll be in a situation they'll be like hey anthony okay oh you know uh, I i'm just hiding in the corner i'm fully naked <laughs> private carter's here he has a gun <laughs> i think you're gonna say in my head i will do that oh <laughs> he's got a gun <laughs> and i'm gonna i am gonna get on uh I'm going to get on Ethan's good side because Trapper, again, stepping up in this scene. This is a very interesting little scene for Trapper. But before, Well, I before would say, I... like, you would, you would never see as much as I love Hawkeye and Hawkeye as, like, as a 49-year-old saying this, I, you know, as a hero of mine. I know it's a, a fictional character, but, you know, he, I love Hawkeye. I love his, his outlook and his attitude, but you would never see him do this. And it's funny because in the scene, you see him kind of arguing with Trapper, and Trapper is arguing back with him. And, and kind this of like is where. And him and says, like, I'm going to go do this. 
Way way this... back when we had um is it Showtime? Is that the one where Trapper uh loses his No, it's not Showtime, it's Radar's report, right? Yes. No. Yep. What whatever Which episode one... Trapper loses a patient because the Korean POW knocks Radar's the report. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Which yeah, is one of my report. favorite Trapper scenes. Really, really good. Trapper but and between... Hawkeye scenes, because I love their their dialogue together. Yeah. But yeah, it's one of my favorite because it gives insight into the character of Trapper. But yeah, I mean, and this does too. I mean, this again differentiates Trapper from Hawkeye. Hawkeye mm-hmm. is brave in his own way, but not in a physical type of way that Trapper is. Trapper is more of a physical type of character. And this shows mm-hmm. it, I think. And then there was another... Was Although it, uh... we're skipping over the funny line of... Uh, oh, yes. Sydney, yeah, the... uh, talking about uh, Frank, I'm sorry, but it's still... It's a funny no, line. No, I love... I love... <laughs> I love that they're like, Frank, are you okay? Sure, I'm fine. Press his gun. Well, you know, you're a liar. <laughs> yes, I am. <laughs> like, how I am. <laughs> Just saying anything to not get shot at this point. Oh, and Sydney says he's a good man. What a great surgeon and one of the best. And then... And again, Father Mulcahy, who who did not appear in this episode, mm-hmm. even when uh, Henry says we should get Father Mulcahy, and Hawkeye says, yeah, you can give the truth West. <laughs> but that's what I love about Sydney. It's like, it doesn't matter what the truth is. I need to tell this kid what he needs yeah. to hear right now. What he needs to hear yeah. is, hey, that's a person. That's and, a human yep. being. Let's and breathe again, not, for a second. Like, not being it over the head, not over the top. Just, mm-hmm. yeah. But yeah, I, I'm sorry, because I... Kind of got no, track. but yeah, Hawk, uh, I'm sorry, Trapper. I mean, he is. I, I, I like this. That gives him. I think in later seasons, I don't know. I mean, maybe it will be Hawkeye, but again, I don't see Hawkeye doing this. I don't see him being the more physical type of character who would mm-hmm. do the. I think the only time we, like the only time we see Hawkeye get physical is in extreme anger or peril. Yes. The yep, only then I, I I can yep. think of like maybe two specific instances where yep. he met three. I can think of two to three specific instances where he attempts or does get moved to the point of physical violence. Yeah. And one of those was his own safety. So yep. yeah. Very, so very reminiscent of the movie characters where uh Trapper yeah, yeah. is the one that clobbers Trapper's the, the man of definitely, action. Yeah. Definitely, yeah. And again, I feel like I said, I mean, I think this episode is really like if you watch the movie and then watch this episode, you'd be like, OK, I can see where they were like trying to pull from from the movie. I do feel like this ha- this episode really has a feel of the movie. I would love situations. of all the episodes to see how the movie actors would do it. I would love to see Robert no. DeFall. <laughs> Maybe not the shower. Maybe not the shower scene. But <laughs> maybe not. But even then, uh, of course, I'm a liar. I'd be lying if I said it was. If I was, would you like my sponge? Him smoking, <laughs> would you smoking like cig- my sponge? I'm imagining him like smoking cigars with uh, what's his name, the Godfather. With part uh, two, uh, <laughs> I, yeah, I with know. Al Pacino. Love, yeah. yeah, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like Frank is closer to the movie Frank Burns in this one. Mm-hmm. Um, more than normal anyway but uh yeah but again like i, I i'm glad that this is really like a spotlight for for trapper in this one i'm glad he gets to be the one who uh gets the uh the hero play in this one <clears throat> but i i also love like you said he argues like he he does i don't think it's even an argument i don't think no, you don't really paying anything. attention you see that you see them like kind of talking to each other and he kind of like 
poo-poo. He just waves them off like, I don't have time. Yeah, like, he kind of, yeah, he waves them off. I'm sure he said, like, I'm going to go do this. And Hawkeye was like, well, I don't know. And he was like, yeah, whatever. I'm I'm going to do it. Like, whatever. And he just um, Of the disarms we see in the show, this is the third best. Uh, <laughs> uh, I can think of my favorite two. And the, the top one might surprise you. Uh, yeah, but that's so many seasons away, and I'm upset because it's a really good episode. I really like, <laughs> but uh, I'm it's uh Father Mulcahy, by the way. Oh yeah, um, yeah, yeah. That I really like that episode because I really like his role in that episode. Yeah. It's a good one. Anyway, uh, I, just, I have to get those little things out periodically in the early seasons, or I'm gonna explode. Uh, <laughs> but we see Trapper does sneak in and disarm Private Carter. And we see that immediately Sydney hops in and be like, hey, you're all right. Let's let's go this way and remove you from the situation. Excellent. Uh, Although I do like I do like when he says this guy's waving the flag in my face and yeah. <laughs> says all thousand medical personnel. And we had to get Betsy Ross. Yeah, <laughs> another great like aside, like funny line that, that they give to uh, Henry. And, and, and for a minute, for a minute, Hawkeye and Trapper show concern for Frank. And you think Frank's going to be like, you know. Well, I do like when Hawkeye, it keeps in character when he gets the gun and, and, and moves it where he like, kind of like handles it. Like it's like, yeah, he's holding with like two fingers and just, yeah, but that like keeps with his character as we'll see as the series progresses. Um, like, I don't want this. And he's like, I do not like this. And, and again, I don't know if I'm like that, that much anti-gun. There there is one episode. I am very much like both sides, but I did, and I'm not stealing this, but I'm also this for people who also listen to uh, Mashcast by Rob Kelly. I know he has mentioned this. I was also the same way where I grew up with Hawkeye and Batman, who were very much anti gun. And I'm not going to say that I am totally anti gun. I can see, I can see certain, I could see different sides to it. But I was very much influenced by that. And I think it stays with Hawkeye's character. The way he handles that gun and puts it to the side. And I'm, like you were going to say, there is in a later episode where he goes on a rant where he talks about guns and his feelings about guns. Yeah, and that's the one episode. Because, again, I, I, I think Hawkeye is a big part of what... Because Ethan, Ethan and I grew up in the same rough air, geographic area. And Ethan... I think you'd you would agree. There's a lot of even though we we grew up in California, we're in an area of California that's a lot more rural, and we yeah. do get the very heavy gun owner people. But I think for me at least, Hawkeye was a big part of like, hey, there there he showed me that side of it. Yeah. So that when I did, was old enough, like I shot for my high school's trap team. I at one point was an NRA instructor for the Boy Scouts of America. Like clearly, I enjoy shooting as a recreational hobby. But you also don't need to go but to I also, like Walmart I, and and yes. pass because I have you know, no something's qualms. going on. Yeah, I have no qualms about. Say, for example, I had no qualms when I bought my shotgun about having to wait ten days. Okay, I'll get it in ten days. Yeah. I have no qualms about showing my ID to purchase ammunition. Okay. Yep. Cool. It's because yeah, you're okay, a sensible human being. <laughs> All right, yeah, we're well, not going to get into yeah, that. But well, but anyway, but anyway, long story short, th- as much as I respect Hawkeye for showing up, there is one episode where I go, 
this is almost not believable the stance yeah. you're taking because of the you're... situation yes. you're in but yep. it also provides really good comedy for a second yeah yes but yep. we'll get there when we get there because i would uh -huh. love that's an episode i really want to get ethan's opinion on because yeah it's it's a whole thing we yep. went Ethan, you really got to rein us in, man. <laughs> oh, I was <laughs> really actually about to continue on the tangent, so. Oh, no. Well, I got, yeah, but no, I, I did prompt you. I did kind of prompt you. So, like, because it's something that'll come up, what do you think of Hawkeye's gun stance so far as you know it? Since we kind of, since we brought it up, let's wrap Ethan in here a little. Yeah. Um, I, I have known a lot of medical personnel, and when you're on that side of the issue, you know, you have to deal with the gunshot wounds. It's, you know, but also, it's but also that, yeah, at some point we'll read out the Hippocratic oath on this show. A major part of it is do no harm, do no right. harm. So no, I think that, and uh, there's the, the other story that comes to mind when we talk about the doctors and the do no harm and guns and war. I always think of whether you like them, liked how they did the movie or not. I think Hacksaw Ridge. Yeah, with, uh, oh, yeah, Corporal yeah. Doss. I liked how they did that movie personally. Yeah, I think I think that was really well done. But I just, you know, in the I, same way you I, guys were raised on uh, Mash, I was raised on uh, the Dukes of Hazard reruns, and uh, yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't expect <laughs> you to know this, but a very uh, key point of that show is that the you know two main characters, the two cousins, Bo and Luke, are on probation, so they they can't have guns. So, you know, it's... Uh, the, oh, I don't think I ever knew that, actually. So they use yep. bows and, bow and arrows. Yeah, that's why they <laughs> use bows and arrows. But, you know, more than that, it's just, you know... So it didn't really glorify firearms. And, you know, it's... Yeah, there there are other ways to solve your problems. Like bows and arrows. Like dynamite. bows, arrows, knives, yes, explosives. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, so well, that's I just will my say, two cents on that tangent. I look forward to getting to, I will bind their wounds, I will treat their wounds, but I will not... I will not inflict. Yes. Yeah, and that'll be an interesting conversation. <laughs> you love life that little? I hate guns that much. Yeah? Uh, such a great exchange between those two. Anyway. Yep. Uh, Go on. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> God! Uh, I want to time travel. Can we just... Portal to five years from now and talk about that. Ah, uh, anyway. Uh, so yeah, Hawkeye takes the gun. Uh, we did we did twenty minutes on that. Might as well move to the next thing. Um, and I love I love I how they say, we go from genuine concern for Frank, and then he's like, "Well, you know, once I got away from the gun away from him, and they go, okay, spray him in the face, get out of the yeah, like you're fine, you're line. back to normal now. Yeah, you will have no long lasting effects from this. Bye." <laughs> and to close out our episode uh while getting an ambulance uh because continuity they did yell for an ambulance when uh the gun went off yeah yep uh while bringing the ambulance to the showers radar once again runs over whiplash wang <laughs> bringing it full circle uh we see it's very early in the morning the sun is rising We've uh, all had, we've all had that yes. break of dawn, whether it be a poker game or again like watching movies. I miss those days pre marriage and kids of staying up all night and watching movies and hanging out with friends. We all know that feeling of being half awake or maybe like you know dozing off on a on a table and stuff while other friends are still awake. 
it really like sets the scene really well uh, with all of them just sitting there. Um, they say hi. Same time next week. I thought this was the same time next week, which is kind of <laughs> how this episode felt. Yeah, like damn, they, they that was like seven out eight hours of camp life. Con- yep, condensed into thirty minutes. Uh, uh, yeah, I've had enough. Let's call it quits. Who deals? <laughs> and they start playing poker again. Yeah, deal me out. Prob- probably, and we'll talk about it when we talk about audience ratings. Probably the best mash episode. I mean, I will say, or at least I watched, one of. I watched this three times within the last forty-eight hours and never got tired of it. Yeah, and hundred. Well, make it four times because I was watching while we were recording this, and still never got tired of it. It's still hilarious. So I'd probably say it's in my top five because I just never get tired. Of it. Yeah, it's it's. <laughs> I so don't many know what quotable lines. I mean, there's so many quotable lines. It's just, and you get like insight into Klinger's backstory. You get insight into Sydney. Um, Two of the get, best recurring characters yes. for the rest of the show. Get I mean, introduced. I, I will say I did comment like on Twitter. I refused to call it X. That um, you know. Um, Edward Winter and Alan Arbus just like guest starring on two of the greatest mash episodes ever, like the mm-hmm. MF and bosses that they are. I mean, yeah, I mean it's a great episode. It's and I will say again, I thank you guys for letting me guest on this show because it's an amazing episode, and I, I'm glad I got to be, I got to tag along and talk about it. With you. Yeah, but Mike, no one cares what the two mash fans want think about the episode. Yeah, I want to know what I want to know, Ethan. What, yeah. You possibly just watched the best episode of MASH. How do you feel? Ever. Overrated as fuck. Piece of shit. <laughs> I know. It's funny that you're saying that because I did I did want to make the joke that in the beginning of the episode, I was going to say, like, I hate this episode. I wanted to come on and just tell you how much I hate this episode. Uh, no, I. but in all, in all seriousness, I, I think I've been pretty clear with uh, my criteria for a good episode, and that's good comedy good acting and uh, a good dose of Wayne Rogers. And this didn't only have the trifecta, but it's also a very unique setup. You know, it's a, it's just a good, I I don't even know how to properly describe the flow of the episode, but it's done so perfectly well. The dialogue is more memorable than the gunfight. You know, yeah, that's a, good, that's a great observation. Yep. I, I I mean, like we said, like there's a gunfight and it's like the last like five minutes of the uh, of the episode. I, I yeah, I, I don't see any way to not rate this episode, at least for me, five out of five. Excellent. Excellent. So I guess that bring. I don't think we're going to be doing anything too controversial here. Ethan rates it a five. Mike. Yeah, I did not episode? write on I did not write on Patreon or, or Twitter because I knew I was going to be on the episode. But yeah, I, five out of five. One of the best episodes. Eminently rewatchable. Eminently quotable. Um, when you're it's one of the episodes, if you're going to try to get somebody into MASH and they're not going to watch from the beginning, you say, watch this episode. This is why I love the show. You show them this this episode. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, just for uh, fun fact, this is only the second episode you have rated a five, Ethan. I'm glad to hear that. I, I that, am too, because you, 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 this will be the, uh, probably the fourth for me. 
<laughs> because, but because again, I, after rewatching the series as much as I have, it's, yeah, it's different context. It's right? so because I give him, I I bet I could articulate why I gave a five to the four episodes I have for completely different reasons. Yeah. Like, but yeah, and it, that's why Mash is a great sitcom. I mean, there's so many different reasons you can give each episode a five out of five. Um. This is currently, not surprising anyone, the highest rated episode we've watched so yeah. far, according to the audience. Sitting currently, and I, I, there's no way it will be beat in the 11 seasons. It's currently sitting at a 4.99. Wow. Holy. Holy. Had, of, the, of the probably two dozen uh, ratings we received, only two were not five, and they were both 4.8s. Amazing. Yeah, this this is a crazy good episode. Uh, I will skim very quickly through some of the replies we got. A lot of them were along the same lines of best, if not top three episodes of MASH. Uh, uh, praising Alan Arbus, praising Edward Winters. Uh, uh, great. Uh, Donator says makes great use of its ensemble and guest actors, especially in the poker scenes. Uh, it's fun seeing Sydney and totally not flag in an episode uh, pre pre Quo Vadis. Uh, the Whiplash Wang scenes were funny and John Ritter holding Frank hostage was tense and funny at the same time. Um, Chief Smash says top five potentially ever best ever mash episode. Uh, the fire I kept talking about is raining from the sky on this one. Uh, other than his number one of all time, Adam's ribs, that is a discussion we're going to have to have. Uh, this yep. is a se- my I Chief Smash. I I haven't yet talked to you. You're coming on for 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 want of a boot. Much like people saying Tuttle is the second best Mash episode based on IMDb ratings, I love Adam's ribs. I don't know how it's better than Deal Me Out, but we'll I get agree. there. I, I agree. Do- I love it. It's a little I, I'm gonna overrated. Spoil, I'm I gonna love sp- it. It's a little overrated. <laughs> I'm going to so many other episodes. I'm going to Tuttle and Adam's ribs are the two episodes that grind my gears. Yes. I love them. They are, they are, they are above four out of five. Yeah. But the fact that they're like, Oh, deal me out. But Adam's ribs, like, I'm sorry. I I'm totally being an ass right now, but much in the, much in the same, but here's why I love this because uh, I've said it before. Chief Smash is going to be our next new guest we bring no, into I the podcast. Wait. I can't wait. And he's coming on. He had requested Deal Me Out and a couple of the other big season two episodes, but he selected one that I was not shocked because I think it's an okay episode, but I was surprised that someone would be like, yes, this is the episode I want to talk about. So he's going to be coming on for want of a boot. Uh, I can't wait to hear him. Because I'm like, of all the episodes in season two, why did that one make the top five for you to come on? It's not that it's a bad episode. I'm just like yeah. scratching my head like, what about it? Teach me. Educate me. Show me your ways. Well, it's going to um, be the eight hour episode he's talking yeah, about. Yeah, god damn it. <laughs> We're not doing an eight hour episode. Hydrate. <laughs> Hydrate, yep. Um, yeah, I'm just scrolling through five, 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 five. I'm trying to find one of the four, four point eights. Uh, this is the one I always have downloaded on my phone for an, for the airplane rides. Five. Ah, here we go. Uh, Transplant Rockstar, 4.8. A really fun episode. Okay. Uh, uh, Trapper being heroic, Klinger's knitted hat, Radar getting his own, uh, 
back, getting one back on Hawkeye and Trapper in the showers, the return of Sydney, Whiplash Wang, what is not to like? 4.8 out of 5. I love the people who are just like, Colonel Flag! Yes! <laughs> yes, it's Colonel Flag! So, yeah, there's no... Someone rated it a 6. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I think there was I mean, a couple. Yeah. I think there was a couple tens and an eleven on there too. Our scale maxes out at five, <laughs> but don't worry. Um, no, this I have no qualms calling this one of one of the best episodes, and I would say definitely the best episode, probably of the first three seasons. It's just so well rounded, comedic, there, yeah. yeah. Again, it's it's it's, it's, it's like not the best, but it's, it's like but it's like I said with I, the I have, uh, certain, I have a certain one that I love, but yes, it's it's ooh. right there. It, is it one we've discussed already? No, it's in season okay. three. Big MacArthur. Is... Big Mac. Oh, Big Mac. Oh, Big Mac is fun. They're both. They're both. And I mean, That's... if I can come on, if I can come on and talk about that one, <laughs> they're we'll both. We'll see. We'll items. see. No, but they're both. Um, they're both like really close. It's not like it's like in a far. But away. it's like it's like I said with the IMDb list. Like the the top five movies always are kind of shuffling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because because someone will watch it for the first time, go on IMDb and rate it a ten out of ten. So it. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. So, but yeah, <laughs> the, I, this is definitely one of the best episodes of the first three seasons yep. for sure, and of the show as a whole. Well, other than that, I got nothing else to say. Um, our next episode is one I'll be candid with the audience. I wanted to get a guest for, but I didn't know who to reach out to because it is. It's not a particularly groundbreaking episode. It's not particularly insane, but it is the first episode dedicated to not dedicated to, but it focuses more heavily on Margaret as a character, which it's a great episode. It is a great episode. And I, I, I I will put a call out, not for this episode, because the turnaround time will be too short. Going forward, if there's anyone out there who is particularly passionate about Margaret, preferably because it's Ethan and I and we're two millennial dudes, we would like a person of the female persuasion to give us a little better context. Because if one of our listeners is out there with two X chromosomes, drop us a line. (laughs) You have a way. But there is, I, I do, this This is not the most profound Margaret episode, but it is the start of episodes we're going to get through the seasons. There's, between seasons three, four, five, and six, there's kind of an arc Margaret goes through. Reach out and to, I, I hope I'm saying this right, Bella, Bella Sissa? Bella Sissa, okay. Yeah. I, I will reach out to Bella should, Sissa. She should, she should definitely come on and talk about it, but I you know. Okay. I don't uh, want to speak I, for her. I, I, I will reach out to her. Uh, we're recording this obviously a week before you're hearing it. Yep. But I, I will try to reach out to her and see if we can get her on by the next episode. As I just I, like, I, totally yeah. speak for her. But yeah. you, you come highly but, recommended, Bella. <laughs> yeah, God. This is weird because I will have I, I will have reached out to her now. before. But no, I would love. I think they they do such interesting things with Margaret, and a lot of that is on the shoulders of Loretta Swit. I will say them. you should you should. It's great that there's already a community like building around the podcast where you can mm-hmm. you can actually talk about the different people listening and stuff like that. So you guys should to uh, be mm-hmm. proud about that because it is. Oh. I I've met people online just from this from this podcast that you know we talk and stuff like that. So you guys should be. Out of the, uh, you're doing God's work. 
Ethan still doesn't believe anyone out there is real. Ethan thinks I'm paying you. I, I, I believe that you are a highly advanced AI voice model. I was going to say, I'm just, I am AI. I am, I am not real. I am, yeah. I am highly advanced AI. Ethan, there's 463 people who follow us on Twitter. Jesus Christ. We have a small high school gymnasium worth of people. <laughs> we have the entire populace of my uh, high school. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Served yep. by graduating year. That's that's nuts <laughs> to me. I'm sorry. I should probably be more careful with what I say. <laughs> no, yeah, no, you should, but I don't. gave up on that don't. long ago. Yeah, don't. Come on now. We <laughs> yeah, would enjoy right. listening if you were, like, being careful with what you said. <laughs> oh, shucks. I love you too, Mike. Us Trapper fans have to you stick together. Take, uh, you want to take uh, uh, clothes from the waist down shower together as bros. Oh, you know. I, I mean, that's my, that's my dream. Yeah, see? Oh, as, we, as we watch, as we watch Easy Rider together. Yep, there we go. Talk about why uh, Dennis Hopper is um, <laughs> so batshit insane. All right, I refuse to, I, after all the banter on Twitter, I refuse to let this podcast go into the third hour. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Thank you. We're cutting Thank close. you all for listening. Uh, hopefully, I will reach out a I'm gonna I'm gonna lead with that you said to do this. I will try to get Bella Sissa and see if she is available for uh uh oh god, what even is the next episode called? Uh Hot Lips and uh, Hot, Hot Lips, Lips and Empty and Arms. Arms. Yep. Cause cause it is it is the start of an arc that I would like to have people who yes. are more And I apologize because I, I love like, why are you mentioning me? <laughs> because I love Margaret, but I I can't fully appreciate her because I don't have the life experience required. So I would love to have a guest if they are willing to come talk about Mark. But that is for another time. Thank you all for joining us. Any last words? Good. I have car parts. You want to go first? <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> Ethan's, Ethan has car parts. He's very excited. <laughs> I would say uh, thank you guys again for having me on. And I'm sorry for yapping. As my son would say, yapping on and on. Um, mm-hmm. But I appreciate it, and I enjoy uh, talking I, to you guys. I will <laughs> never apologize for uploading a four, three or four or five hour episode of a podcast, because clearly, if you're listening to my voice right now, you love this show, or you are falling in love with the show and want... Again, I've listened to podcasts about movies I've never watched. Like, I get yeah, same way. Well, and, you know, I, I understand that I can be scatterbrained. My thoughts may not always be as collected as I would like them to be. So that, to have a, a, another MASH fan for Anthony to bounce stuff off of usually makes for some very interesting uh, conversations, as we've yeah. seen again tonight. So, And I thank Wilson for being uh, so uh, generous and letting me uh, bounce those ideas <laughs> off of uh, Anthony. <laughs> uh, it's it's fun. I just sit here and go, what the hell are they talking about? <laughs> it will all I, make okay. sense in my four wa- seasons. My wife, my wife usually says that too, but I'm usually just talking about normal things and not much. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, no, I, I think I've said it. I've said it before. I think by the end of season two, Ethan, mm-hmm. there's nothing new or shocking. You, you've met all the characters. You've seen all the episode tropes. Now it's just what plots are they going to get given so i you are very you're 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 ending uh mash uh mash 101 a and you're going to be moving on to mash 102 next well, here's something i can't shocking. wait till the end of season three <laughs> you want to know something shocking 
I picked mm. up my guitar, bitch. Oh, no, not the copyright. Not the copyright. <laughs> all right. We're all going to jail. And with that, uh, we will talk to you guys at the next episode. Thank you for listening. We'll catch you later. Bye-bye. The time has come for us to say sayonara. My heart will always be yours for eternity.